Hi, welcome to another episode of Stardust Records. I'm your host, Sabi, here with my co-host, Linz. We have a great show for you this week, and a very special guest is joining us this episode, Alden Diaz from Octo Radio. How are you, Alden? I am doing so well. Uh, for those of you listening, behind the scenes, we've been chatting for like an hour already, uh, just vibing, talking about life, talking about careers, just uh, social media and all this stuff. So I'm, I'm, I already feel loose. I feel good. Um, thanks for inviting me. It's so nice to meet you, Lens. Um, for everyone, again, another behind the scenes note: Savi and I actually went to high school together kind of um kinda. went to high school with savi's siblings which was which is like a what is such a small world thing but yeah here we are <laughs> talking Star Wars. here we are the world is very small i've learned that recently especially with how alden and i kind of reunited um it was at star wars celebration in anaheim back in may mm-hmm. and i actually never forget that uh the way we like looked at each other i wish that people could see the image in my brain right now but like the realization was so it was was like that one yeah and i was absolutely mutual i was like i think yeah you were dressed as Jin, right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so you were dressed as Jin. by the way this is by the food trucks so we're (laughs) so we're hungry or at least i am uh and i see safi's face and i'm having this because it's been years like it's been it's been a long time since we lived in the same state since we were in the same area and and since since those high school days um but we both had that mutual i know that person (laughs) and but but your brain has to catch up to to your sort of recognition you know yeah because around that time it was it had been probably seven years maybe even longer since I we had less seen each other, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, and I feel like that's the perfect place to reunite with people where you know that you love Star Wars. Was it like Star that? Uh, was it like that Spider Man meme where like pointing at each other? It kind of was. Wait, I think we because we did point. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, and you. I, I think I, and then I was like wanting to say your name but not wanting to doubt myself and but then like not wanting to be wrong either yeah or 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 like cardinal sin of somebody that has siblings call you by one of your siblings names which i did not <laughs> want to do um yeah uh but yeah and then like my name is alden and so like that's an easier one to remember um it's just me and alden Ehrenreich. we're really like the only two Aldens that I know in existence. Um, there are more. I checked, but yeah, uh, it's it's a it was definitely a great moment. And like you said, it, it immediately was joyful because we were there on a vacation exclusively for stuff we loved, and that was yeah. when we got the Andor trailer. So you were riding a super high uh, <laughs> as a Rogue One stand and as, as yeah. a you know, this character. Yeah, it was the it was the second day, I think, which was after like the first day I that was like one of the most high intensity days in my life, mm-hmm. I think. Getting up that early and then like the the showcase and then, you know, the day and then uh seeing Diego speak on the Star Wars live stage and then mm-hmm. Lynn's knows this story, but like sprinting from Star Wars Live all the way across the hall 
to the Kenobi premiere. Was a, yeah. She, she called me to like, they're like, I'm running. I have to get there. Oh my gosh. I, can't, I couldn't even hardly hear. And like, okay, bye. And it was <laughs> like, funny. for people that weren't there, first of all, I will say, if you haven't been to a Star Wars celebration, cannot recommend it enough. It's, it's mm -hmm. a beautiful, it's not like other conventions. It really is. It's a, the way I describe it to people is it's this beautiful realization a multi-day realization that anyone that you see, if you were five-year-olds, you would be playing on the playground together. Yeah, like, that's exactly it. Everyone there speaks the same language, even if you literally don't, because there's international fans that come from all around the world. But you could be you could be in the bathroom washing your hands yeah. next to somebody who's cosplaying. I don't know, Bosk. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that's one of my people. Like that—that's <laughs> how it feels. So, but but that said, this specific celebration to what you're talking about, the live stage was not positioned ideally. They oh, no. stuck that stage on the far end of the show floor, yes. and it was very stressful because if you wanted to catch any celebrity that you, you particularly enjoyed. It was a hard floor. I did not wear the right shoes. It was oh, no. Just, it was a bad situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, waiting. It was funny because it was, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong, and I feel so badly, but Sana, Sane, the... Uh, Sana, uh, Sana Wallenberg. Yeah, Sana yeah. Wallenberg. I got to watch her, and then I was like, okay, I think Diego's coming out. Because yeah. if it's Sana, then it's Diego and Genevieve. Mm -hmm. So... I waited and they were like, Diego's gonna, like, they didn't say the guest, but they were like, Diego's gonna be late. Like, we'll play a game, we'll throw shirts and shit at you and like mm -hmm. keep you entertained, like animals in a barn. And then more time had passed and my partner Alex was waiting for me and he was mm -hmm. texting me and he was like, You need to come back. Like, they're letting people in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not missing Diego Luna. I have been following this show since he announced it on his twitter there's no way i'm missing diego luna and i didn't miss mm -hmm. diego luna but i did probably burn like eight thousand calories running from the star wars live stage to kenobi yeah <laughs> yeah that was a lot i think the the one for us was because i was on a i was on the podcast stage and the podcast stage scheduling is random so mm -hmm. sometimes you just get screwed over and I got scheduled, we were scheduled, I was on with Triad of the Force, and we were on at the same time as the Mando Plus panel. And, oh. I, and I had told everybody, if Natasha Lubardizzo comes out as Sabine, text me. And I saw my phone light up. And I was like, oh, I'm missing her. But then I was like, well, she'll probably be on the stage. And we get a message from somebody that said she was. And I ran. And I am not athletic. But we <laughs> ran to see her because Sabine Wren is she's top character for me. I've got my upper arm tattoo is Sabine's helmet and everything, so I I get it. It's a uh, stressful. And at that point, what when was it? When was the Cassie and Andor before it even had a name? When was it announced? Like 2018. It was 1108 2018. Oh, what and... a nerd! What a nerd! <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> and it was a. Uh... I remember when it was White Snake, and mm -hmm. and Diego was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> He's like, "It's not called White Snake." I remember when it was supposed to be 
just K2 and Cassian, and then it wasn't K2 and Cassian because Tony yeah. didn't want to do that. And then, well, I, I remember at the D23 panel that ended with Hayden's back, so that became the big news. Um, Diego and Alan coming out on stage, and Diego and Alan being like, Can we say the title? Can we say the title? And Kathleen was like, No, I, I don't know, I don't think we're ready for that yet. I don't think we're ready. And then the title was just Andor. So, yeah. <laughs> so my theory is that at one point it probably had a wilder title. I think and, so too. And I don't know what that would have been, but like Star Wars Legends is full of fucking awesome titles, like classic ones like Lando Calrissian and the Mind Harp of Sharu, like things like <laughs> that. Like, what was it gonna be? Like Cassian Andor and the and the Prison of Narkina Five. Like, I don't know what it would have <laughs> been called that would have been such a secret. I know. <laughs> um, because they were like untitled Cassie and Andor show. Oh, what's the title? It's Andor. Like, so yeah, there's a I weird shifting. I wonder of... who decided that. Yeah. Or like, I, I wonder who who was like, this is just gonna be what it is. Because even Tony is like, it shouldn't be called Andor. And Diego has said that too. Like it's a yeah. it's an ensemble. It it's so funny because Book of Boba Fett got so much hate for having two episodes that were that deviated a little bit whereas andor is an entirely an ensemble piece and it also is named for one of its characters so it's just it depends on star wars fans are weird as we know you catch them in a mood sometimes and they just decide that they want to hate on something but it's it, it's like it's weird but the shifting of k2 quietly to season two was definitely interesting yeah um and knowing that season two is going to be year by year and not formatted the same makes me wonder if K2 will maybe just be in the last arc of that season. I don't know. But yeah. I think they'll have like, for me personally, I think that it'll be, because we know that it's going to be 12 episodes again and, and it'll be three episodes per year leading up to Rogue One. And I feel like one of those arc i don't think i personally don't think it will be the last arc i will think i think it'll be one of the previous mm. to set up like how he came yeah. about having k2 as a partner and then i personally feel that the last arc will be more centered around um like learning about galen and uh Jin. oh true because because that's literally what cassian is looking into and it's what melshi and K2, You're like so they right. go to get her. So I feel yeah. like the last arc will probably oh, be how a cool built around them. So, yeah, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Fun, fun fact. I only know this because of I posted it in an article, but uh, the last arc of Andor is confirmed to be three days before Cassian, or three days before Rogue One. And Tony said it'll end with Cassian getting on the ship to Kafreen. The Ring of Kafreen. Okay, so yeah. now now I'm thinking, do two arcs, whatever they are. Third arc, Cassian and K2, either you adapt to the comic or you overwrite the comic, and then we can have another annoying conversation about canon. Um, and people, <laughs> people will be very upset about that one shot being changed in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I will, uh, my approach to canon, I don't know how you two feel about it, has always been this. It's mythology, right? And if you look up the stories of, like, King Arthur, there's so many different iterations. So mm -hmm. 
when like the cane and stuff in Bad Batch was changed a little bit, it was still the same planet. It was still yeah. the same events. It was still, but it the planet looked different. Different clones were there, and so I, I, I sort of like Pablo Hidalgo has said, Han and Greedo is a great example. Depending on whether or not you're like a, I hate the special editions or I, I, I love the special editions. Han and Greedo walked into the cantina. Han lived, Greedo died. Reports vary. Like that's yeah. sort of the in world. So if Cassian and K2 meet in the same way they did in the comic, great. If they don't find whatever version works best for you and your mind for them to work. But I, what I love the idea of the last arc to what you're saying, Lynn's the idea of make that Cassian and Tivik for like a couple episodes, give him more character. And then maybe that last one is like, Oh yeah, we're looking for her. Give a Felicity Jones little cameo, and it's like, no, she's going by this fake name, Liana Halleck. Like, okay, she's here. She's going to be here at this time on this day. Like, well, and that lends to the fact that, and I know they haven't pulled. Um, I know that Tony and the rest of them have been looking. They they care about canon, quote unquote. They care about mm-hmm. knowing what's been established and working with it. And yes, they've tweaked it and changed it in some ways, but. Uh, specifically speaking to um, what Tony said about Mon Mothma and how he was like, you know, he knew that she had a history and he worked with that and built yeah. off of that. So, um, yeah, like I Lita, that, yes. Lita was in one of those like role playing game books from like the 90s. Yes. And so mm-hmm. a lot of people like to say, I, I know some people treat the Rebel Files kind of like a Bible, like it's the Rebellion Bible um because it has all this information in it and it's supposed it's like a canon book and it's like the handbook or not the handbook but like the history handbook of the rebellion all squished together i don't know if you're familiar um but in that there's a page where it has cassian's like sort of report about Jin urso before Mm -hmm. they she's brought in and so he like lists all her aliases Mm -hmm. um but so like it basically implies that cassian did a lot of research into who Jin is or was and who she's been going by. And then like there's, it's inferred that he sent Melshi with K2 to go get her out of that prison because he had done all the research to know who she was and where she was. Because he sort of is becoming, and this is something we can talk about when we get into what we're going to talk about, but it's like Cassian, whether he realizes it or not, is not just, like especially what the Narkina five arc showed me about him is that he's realizing even subconsciously what Luthen saw in him, which is not just potential, but specifically intelligence potential. Yeah. Because it's like no disrespect to Merrick or, or, you know, Zeb or anyone else in the rebellion. That's really good at combat. That's one skill set. Cassian is, he knows how to, we've seen that since the beginning. He knows how to work the community. He knows he owes everybody money, but everyone still likes him. He yeah. gets in this prison and he understands. He, okay, he picks up. There's a sign language happening here. He picks up. He's already started with his bathroom plan even before Kino was on board. Like Cassian is a is a natural candidate to be a spy. And so what I like about the idea of him having done his due diligence on Jin is like, of course he would because he has all these experiences now of knowing how the network was built, how the inner circle was established. He's probably, if he doesn't meet Saw in the last 
two episodes of this season. He probably will next. And he will hear from either Mon or Luthan or whatever how difficult he can be. And that would probably ping in his mind, like, I need to find someone, Jin, that we can send in that's going to make this job easier. Yeah. Because Cassian could have gone himself, but he's smart yeah. enough to know that that wouldn't have worked. Um, yeah. yeah. And and he's and he's gone by aliases twice already himself in this show. Yeah. So yeah. I mean he's he neither of like... which are great, by the way. He, he <laughs> doesn't feel... look like a Clem and he does not look like a Keith. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope she makes fun of him when he finds out that his oh, name is Cassian and not see. Keith. I hope it's I while they're I running. Know. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> my name is Cassian Angel. <laughs> well, I just if they if they kept Melchie's first name Bruce Scott, like I I think that Cassian would be like, well, your fucking name is Bruce Scott. Bruce Scott is top of the line Star Wars name. This show has been I love a it. gift. This show has been it a has. gift for Star Wars <laughs> names. Kino Loy slaps. Velsartha yeah. slaps. And by the way, just note on that. The Vel speculation that was happening, I enjoyed it. Like, is she Luthen's daughter? Is she Mon's daughter before yeah. we had met Lita? What's the because we saw her talking to Genevieve in the trailer? But it was yeah. right in front of us. Mothma, Pertha, Sartha. Like, Sartha. They were telling us <laughs> that Chandrillan names have a have a custom. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love her name. I love I love Cinta. I loved I loved Skeen. Like all of these They're... names are so good. There's a funny story about Sinta, the name, not the character. But Sinta, oh, what Sinta was the name for Carrie, Cassian's sister, on the on the script, oh. like on the casting sheet. I have the screenshot of it still, but it was Sinta, like six year old Hispanic female, like has to have wild unruly hair or something like that, and it it was just Sinta. And Cassian was Mundo, which is earth or world in spanish yeah yeah and and then cinta's love so the whole time i was like okay casting has a sister and this will be flashbacks but then they used cinta for cinta they did a little bit of a sort of like a ray and kira where it was like we're gonna change this but we really like this one still so we're gonna keep it over here and yeah. use it later for solo and and fun fact about that daisy ridley said on a podcast once that they were so far into Force Awakens when that name change happened that she shot scenes as Kira. Like, wow, there's, there's oh. footage of whoever Harrison Ford or John Boyega saying Kira. Wow, uh, which I would love to see. Um, but that'd yeah. be cool. So yeah, all the name stuff has been great. Um, I love how much we've talked already before we've even gotten into like the, the main. <laughs> I topic. know. Uh, well, that reminds me of how uh, Adia. Uh, uh, I, for, I lost my train of thought. She uh, uh, she did screen tests for Kira, for Solo. Oh, that's cool. Oh, the, oh the, the women that auditioned for Solo, you had Tessa Thompson was in there. Yeah. Um, Adria Ariona. You had, I think, Isaac Gonzalez. Like, you get the women that have almost been in Star Wars is as impressive as the list of women that have been in Star Wars. Like, yeah. the people that auditioned for Jin, Brie Larson uh tatiana maslani like the like there are some people that have been almost star wars characters a few times that i am dying i mean uh 
Jesse Plemons was almost Finn because Finn was written with no race in mind, no color. And so they saw actors of every shape, size, orientation, uh, ethnicity. Um, I know that pretty much every black actor in Hollywood went for Lando at some <laughs> point or another, even though it was pretty much Donald's to lose. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's a oh, perfect. Yeah. No, he's amazing. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah. Um. So, well, we can get what we're really here to talk about, the <laughs> Andor episode, Andor episode ten, which is the concluding chapter to the prison arc. Mm-hmm. So it was eight, nine, and ten. And uh, I want to know your thoughts about it first, because Alden, because I know Linz knows mine, and I know Lin- Linz's, but yeah, yeah. We can yeah. start from the beginning of the episode. Sure. And I got to be annoying with you the other day when we were planning this recording because I had seen it. Oh. And, and, I, and I remember telling you, I was like, I don't want to spoil anything, but you are going to be so thrilled by this episode. It is. They said, I, they, or I yeah. saw it too. And I was like, <gasps> I, I won't lie. I, the, when you, when you said that you saw it, Alden, I was like, Oh no, he knows if the beach scene happened or not. The hug between Cassian and Malshi. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. was like, I was like, don't. I was like, don't ask. I was like, you can't ask. Because for the Andor premiere, I had mm. asked Emily from Castle Run Relay mm. if, because I heard about the brothel and then Ooh, I heard by about the. By the way, quick, quick aside about that, not to cut you off. Emily yeah. was literally in, like, we were standing next to each other in the line for guest check-in for like 30, 45 minutes. I didn't know what she looked like. Um, and then she turned around because I think her picture on Twitter was already Kyle Solar or, yeah. or, 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 or at least is right now. And she turned around and was like, are you Alden? And I was like, oh God, oh no, oh God. <laughs> is, this, is this a friend or an enemy? And then she's like, I'm Emily from Red. So super sweet. Anyway, yeah, I just visited her in Portland, and and I love her. I wish that That's I wish great. that, yeah. But I I had asked her about like the brothel and if like the sex scene were sex scene, quote unquote, doing quotations, uh, were connected. But and I wanted to do a similar thing where I was like, could you just tell me if the beach scene is in this episode? But I was wondering what you were thinking because I don't. Th- I post so much about it. It's really embarrassing at this point, but I was like, it's probably episode 10. And I was like telling everybody about mm. it. People were posting about it. And I was like, I just made a fool out of myself on the internet again. No, that's no. okay. I mean, that's what we're here for. It wouldn't be a day on the internet if you didn't make a fool out of yourself. And that goes for everybody. So come on. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So you, you, so to close the loop on that point, you did get a beach scene, but it was just running. I did. Um, exactly. There was, there was no hug. But maybe they hug at the <laughs> beginning of episode 11. I don't know. Because they're still, <laughs> they, they, they could be running. And so, like, maybe they get to where they're going. They get to a spaceport. And then on the maybe that's, you know, I, I don't know. Well, I know that it's on. I think the beach scene comes up every episode. But uh, I know that it's on Niemos. And... We're pretty sure, yeah. Because oh, they were they were oh, seen filming in Cleveland. He's got to go back and get his manifesto. Yeah, and he's got to get his dad's blaster. It's in his box. And his, yeah. I wonder if she's still laying there. 
half, we, half naked waiting for her. We had we had this like, idea. We had this thought that like he like, would bring Melchian comes up in, and she's like, "Where have you been?" He's like, "Get out!" <laughs> he comes in with Melchie instead, and he's like, he's like going to get his stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's so funny. I just talked about that the other night when I, I was on with Star Wars Explained, and I asked Alex and Molly, I was like, "Can you guys identify the location of the of the the manifesto? Is it still in the box?" And we were like, "Yeah, it's still in the shower box. Like, it's there." Okay, cool. Okay, all right. So probably heading back there. But yeah. So, but when I was telling you like how thrilled you were gonna be, it was about everything. I mean, you said start at the beginning. I mean, this this directly coming off of everybody's number one hype line of never more than 12 was it sort of set up the thesis i think of this episode which is so star wars which was decide who you're gonna be at that exact moment cassian is telling him and cassian (laughs) again cassian is a wonderful star wars hero but he's one of the i think least Tender might not be the word because he is such a sensitive creature, but it's like Cassian doesn't have good bedside manner. Like no, he's like, you know, you don't have ruthless. time to be stupid. Like he he he's yeah. he's, he's really <laughs> in Kino's face while Kino's processing some devastating information. <laughs> they both just watched Ulav die. You're right there. But this episode immediately sets up this idea of are you gonna be a person or are you gonna be a prisoner? Are you gonna choose your own way or are you going to go down their way are you going to let them choose for you and that's that's everything that's Ezra Bridger like are you just going to be this Aladdin street rat character or are you going to be something more Finn are you going to just be a yet another stormtrooper are you going to be something more this is a very classic Star Wars moment just done in the most hard-edged Oh, Willamon, Tony Gilroy, Toby Haynes, like they they brought the intensity. And when you carry that theme all the way out, all the way out throughout the, the episode, Mothma has to decide that too. Am I going to be the Mod Mothma? Because she's already admitted that the Mod Mothma she presents is a lie. So now she mm-hmm. has to decide who is the Mod Mothma really? Who is the real me? And if I make a choice for the cause, then I'm perpetuating a horrible system that I was a victim of by this arranged marriage stuff. So she has to make a choice. And then Lonnie and Luthen have a conversation where Lonnie's trying to make a choice and Luthen's like, sorry, ma'am, choice is already made. And, And everybody is struggling with, oh my God, when the pressure is on, who am I really? And Cassian, not everyone has a Cassian, to push them the way that Kino does. Kino has Cassian there as an angel on his shoulder, and Cassian tells him, like, you don't have time to be stupid. It has to be now. You can do better than that. It has to be you. Tell them what to do. And that's why he be- that's why he's officer material. You know, yeah. leader material. Yeah, it's so interesting because we talk about how Kino became, you know, he Kino was a leader and he rises into not just the leader of not just the floor manager but like Mm -hmm. becomes the leader of all of these men but it's Mm -hmm. just as much cassian speaking to him like speaking through him you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and um i think an offshoot of this whole deciding who you are theme in the episode is sacrifice because Mm -hmm. 
by the end, we figure out that Kino wasn't just coming into his own and, and deciding that he was going to be this leader. He was also deciding to sacrifice because it's implied that he knew that he probably wasn't going to be one of the ones that made it. Oh. And and then with Mon Mothma, um, it's this deciding, is she going to sacrifice her daughter? Obviously, we know that we know like she doesn't want to do that and she says that she's not thinking about it but Davo calls her out and says it's the first honest thing you told you said or no that's the first lie you've told me or whatever basically and so it it's this this line of sacrifice and then obviously with much more blatantly with Luthen and Lonnie um you know like what what are you sacrificing or yeah what did you sacrifice is what lonnie asks mm-hmm. uh luthan and then he gives that whole i mean it's monologue that it's it's going to be every uh theater kids audition <laughs> monologue for the next 10 years it, it is yeah. it's so incredible the way that he because luthan's speech is about him and it's and you get and my interpretation is that it's the first time he ever verbalized it because yeah I got he, that vibe too. He sort of steps forward, kind of looks to the side, and then he starts to talk. It's almost like, it's almost like he respected the like, the 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 guts on Lonnie to even question him. Yeah, I mean, Luthen respects people with like gawness, essentially. Yeah, like that's that's <laughs> that's why it's like when Cassian put a gun in his face, he was kind of like, yeah, you are exactly what I'm looking for. Like he he gets that, and so. But what but what is Luthen describing? He says like um kindness, kinship, love, all those things. He's he's also speaking about all the other arcs. He's talking about all the other characters, like Mothma, kinship, calm, love, Cassian and Marva, kinship, calm, love, togetherness, like all this stuff that he's talking about. Luthen's speech is basically him saying on a meta way i'm a star wars character and i don't think i deserve to be in star wars like mm. L- luthan is sort of luthan is the star wars because like going into the show i think we all thought based on what we saw in trailers of his like public persona versus his real persona it was like oh so he's gonna be the in-between between saw and mothma and that was sort of i think a generally agreed upon that's probably what this character will be and he kind of is but he really is something adjacent to both of them. He's he is as far gone as Saw, but is but does but Saw is passionate and fiery and moving forward. Luthen doesn't like I think Saw sees victory, you know. I think Saw Guerrera thinks like if we fight hard enough, eventually these days will end, which Luthen agrees on. But the difference is that Luthen doesn't think he has a place in the new world Hmm. and I think that what Cassian in the prison arc does is remind 5,000 people who are there for whatever crimes they're there for that they do have a place in the new world in the next phase of their lives and whatever is happening and that's what's so beautiful about tying all of it in And, and I love that at the beginning of the Aldani arc Luthen describes to Cassian like giving it all at once versus letting them take you piece by piece by piece by piece what happens to Saw by the time of Rogue One he's the rebellion's Vader he's on a breathing machine he's got robotic limbs 
he did lose piece by piece by piece by piece. So Luthen is aware of exactly where this is going for everyone. And having a character like that is so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that, like, um, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy how, um, like, uh, man, I don't want to jump around. I want to jump around. I want to stay on the prison arc. I have so much to say about Luthen, but no, I think I'm gonna... I, this is my fault. I'm, 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 no, jump... I'm jumping around too much. Okay. Okay. Go so with, you can jump you around. Okay. I, I thought I was just who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just watched the episode again right before we, um, recorded. And so I took some more time to analyze because, because I think the scene with, uh, Lonnie and Luthen is right after like the end of the prison like they jumped you know like that you just were hit with this emotional bomb of like you know Kino not being able to swim so I I was a little bit in a haze when I first watched the episode but so I analyzed this this scene with Lonnie and Luthen again and I just thought it was so interesting how Lonnie has been in the ISB for six years and when you first see Luthen and Clea talking about meeting him um they seem really like like they don't trust him like they are um suspicious almost mm. and even even Claire's like you know let me go and if this is a trap then you'll be able to get away you know get on the ship and go and he's like nah if, if they already know it's over anyway and that there's nothing we can do and so Luthen literally goes into that situation thinking the game might be up like i might be captured this yeah. could be the very yeah. end of everything and doesn't he say like it's been a year i'm surprised it took this long so like a year since their last face-to-face yeah it shows and, like and, how and we saw how hard it was for vel to get a face-to-face which yeah. she still yeah. hasn't gotten yeah mm-hmm. and so and so um but you see lonnie is just like all he wants to do is get out like he hasn't changed his beliefs um he's scared you can tell he's kind of scared and um and i think that and and then it's like we need heroes like you and he's willing to give up i i realize this he is willing to give up krieger or Kieger and 50 of his men just so that lonnie can stay in the isb undercover mm-hmm. like he said that to him he's like mm-hmm. Which is so crazy. He's like, I, you are worth more than those guys. Yeah. So we can let that mission go if you can say it. And so just imagine that. Lonnie's got this, like, he's got he the, knows the that he's got 51 people. And there's nothing on he his can hands. do. F- 52, and, you got Krieger, yeah. the captured pilot, and 50 men. And <laughs> and he's like, you're not getting out. You're trapped. <laughs> yeah. that, was such, that was such an interesting line, I feel like, to hear from, like, let's say a rebel leader because imagine putting this situation but like in the in the command center on Yavin 4 and like there are other people around and and just being like eh like we can lose 50 men as long as I don't lose this guy like Luthen knows that Luthen would know in that type of situation that a lot of people would be like would hate him for that like you're mm-hmm. choosing one guy over other mm-hmm. 52 people yeah. and then the person who is worth 52 people now has 52 people kind of on their shoulders on his like, conscience like it's yeah, yeah. On his hands and, and you're i think you're right and i I've, i'm so glad you brought up like the hypothetical of like we know that luthan rail does not get to yavin for whether he's dead or not he's not a rebel leader of the capital r 
you know alliance to restore the republic that is like the official thing he's not there Mm -hmm. and and the thing is is that i don't think that he ever expects to be or deserves to be or thinks he deserves to be i think he would feel out of place i don't he doesn't visualize himself there which is why he wants even saw their most hard-edged and most difficult ally even saw he's like come on you could at least make one or two connections you should talk to this krieger guy and then Saw rejects it, and then Luthen does some math in his head, and he's like, well, Saw didn't want Krieger. Now I have this ba- uh, you know, basket of goodies, as he calls it, from uh, Lonnie. They're worth dying. Uh, they're, they're worth sacrificing um, to keep this. And what's amazing is that you get an even darker look at who Luthen is because Lonnie tries to appeal to Luthen's humanity by saying, bringing up the fact that of a father. Which actually Luthen brought up first, which is creepy and yeah. tells you how much he knows. Um, and Lonnie's like, you know, brings it up again, like I'm a dad. And then instead of that being like, yeah, you're right, Luthen says, yeah, and fifty men will die to make sure that your daughter has a father. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> crazy, crazy. That, oh, and and just um, oh, and how he basically is like, what did he say about Dedra? He said. He said that Dedra was just, that she was just wasting time. He told Lonnie that Dedra was just wasting time when Lonnie's telling him everything that Dedra is like found out and what she's doing. Oh, that's good because she's just wasting time. I feel like he's just saying that though. I feel like Luthen now knows how close and how in danger certain elements of his operation are. So even though he's telling Lonnie, oh, she's just wasting time. And this is before they had a more serious conversation. This is near the beginning of their conversation. Um, I almost feel like Luthen was just saying that to throw Lonnie off. Like he doesn't want Lonnie to know everything and how he thinks about what he's being, what he thinks about what he's being told. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like sort of a double. Which he does all the time. Like exactly. Neither him, neither him nor saw wanted to, take credit for Aldani or admit to each other who knows yeah. what and they kind of laugh about it like they have a they have a, an interesting friendship of like respect like real yes. recognized real but then with Lonnie he's like <laughs> nah we didn't go to Aldani we were invited but we didn't we had no yeah. part in that like he he doesn't he keeps everyone in the dark except Clea and it it almost makes me wonder like how much is Clea even trusted like because they don't yeah. agree on a lot of stuff. Yeah, she seems yeah. the she seems to be the one person that can actually like one up him or not one up him like uh I'm going to say talk back. Like a she can talk back to him. Yeah. yeah, and it sounds like he what we've seen it sounds like he also really respects her and like what she thinks and mm-hmm. because with the whole with the whole shutting down the communication to Ferrix, mm-hmm. I think that was episode uh 8 or 9. Yeah. yeah. Eight or, yeah. Basically just like hearing her out and then he, he let her do it. And but he had wanted to talk to Bix, so I, I do wonder about the relationship a lot as well. I really wonder too if Clea tells Luthen everything because she wasn't supposed to be meeting with Vel and then when when they have their conversation about Ferrix when the calm like she's like we need to shut this down um i just i wonder if luthan knows that clea told vel to kill cassian i have been on the same 
I think, I don't think that's a Luthan order. I, I don't I have, think it is either. I think it's Clea overstepping. I think, I think exactly. That, is that I think exact. the I think Luthan probably, and again, I don't. I could be I could be so wrong, and then in a week or two weeks, we'll find out that Alden's an idiot. But I think that it was he probably told Clea we need to find Andor. Yeah. Because he's he was in on our job and given the next thing to do. And I think Clea took it into her own hands. And that is gonna I don't know. I think Luthan when he finds out, like because he he put way too much into this guy to then be like, I'm gonna kill you. Like that doesn't seem like his Yeah. Yeah. And and I honestly wonder a lot because like I, I wonder a lot about the whole like Bix Luthen Cassian hmm. triangle type thing because when Luthen came to Ferrix in episode three, like there was obviously like a camaraderie between Bix and Luthen, and then we find out when uh you know Dedra's torturing Bix that uh there was six face to face meetings and mm-hmm. yada yada yada, and then that whole like meet up with Cassian and Bix kind of didn't give us a lot about like the whole Luthen no. situation but Luthen came to Ferrix knowing Cassian and yeah. like who and he his was. whole backstory about Clem and everything and and the other lingering thing is so Clea gives Vel the kill order on Cassian and we get the idea that while Vel is doing her Coruscant visit and at least what she tells Mon going home to be a rich girl, probably not actually going to do that. Um, Cinta is keeping an eye on Marva's house at the same time as the ISV is keeping an eye on Marva's house. So Cinta's sort of playing point right now for Vel. Hmm. The thing that I think, let's say, let's say we're wrong, right? Like I think you and I agree, Lynn's like something right, but let's say we're wrong. Let's say Luthen actually did put the kill order on Cassian. I think that. It is a great Chekhov's gun that they planted in the story that Vel has the Sky Kyber. And I think mm-hmm. that I, that's something that they only, they show, after he kills Skeen, he says, give this back to him. And then he just leaves and we haven't seen it since. And yeah. I think that maybe Vel will be like, no, I'm not killing him. And also he wanted you to have this back. And that might be the thing that finally makes Luthen like oh oh, man, oh this is my guy this guy is he doesn't deserve like he's real i think that because oh. he's like it'll remember it'll always be worth more to me if you have to yeah. sell it sell it and it will always be worth more to me and vel's still carrying it around and i i really think that in episode 11 or 12 she'll throw it in Luthen's face or just drop it down on his oh that's so good and that that, that and he'll be like Holy shit! This this Andor kid actually like came through and made sure I got it back. Like, call off the kill order. I like <laughs> this guy. Like, so I I think that that's, you know, there's so many things that, and then of course the, the 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 meeting Chirrut and, and the heart and the the hearts the hearts of Kyber and like just like all this stuff that there's all these connections. Like, the way that they've informed who these human beings are, even something like Cassian hesitating to pull the trigger on galen it's like of course like now like it already worked in the movie it was already a good scene but now it's 10 times better because 
Cassian's father got fucking mercilessly killed. Yeah. So it's like, of course yeah. he's not going to want to kill someone's dad. Like, yeah. that was a formative moment for him. So... Well, yeah. It shows It shows that, because um, we've spoken about this, they're echoes of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Jin and Cassian are echoes of each other, but Rogue One and Andor are echoes of each other. And mm-hmm. um, like sort of mirrors in a way. Um, and I think that I think that I think I said this in a tweet. I said Andor is like a love letter to Rogue One, and it's it, it's like I don't know. It has it in mind always, obviously, it's obviously, because like, we know it's the prequel. But like, yeah, yeah, it's doing for Rogue One what Kenobi did for the prequels and for New Hope. Like, it's like you can't watch them the same anymore. I'll never yeah. be able to watch that movie without thinking about this season and eventually season two when we get it um because of the way that all of these characters and and the fact that like the the tension of like only cassian and mon and melshi and saw have quote-unquote plot armor it's like everyone's fair game like what's like gonna happen this could be a bloodbath i think i think we know that stellan is doing season two stuff um, Stellan and Kyle are are cleared for season two. Okay. Uh, it's rumored Adria is uh, moving on. It's heavily rumored though. Uh, she said that Tony talked to her about season two and yeah, I know there was a brief little report that like she had signed for some stuff, but also signed for some stuff is so like sometimes it's just for security. Like like Alden mm-hmm. Ehrenreich is still signed on to play Han two more times. It sometimes they just do that to have it, you know. Like if it comes to them while making two, like oh, a Bix flashback would be so good. You want to be able to call her and say, "Hey, we still got you for," you know. So that's just good business, even if it doesn't mean. Yeah, there, there, there was a recent article that like just dropped yesterday or two days ago, and Tony said that thirty people from season one of Andor are moving on to season two which oh man 30, 30 people. people so yeah we got uh, let's see uh, uh vetch uh <laughs> no the nose guy from the niamos <laughs> beach those are my he needs to go <laughs> those are, he those, need... those are He's my, essential uh, to the plot <laughs> that, one of the gluppiest shadows that's ever existed um <laughs> he's just and, there to laugh so, he literally I could not. I'm still processing Niamos. Like episodes later, I'm still like, "What was that place?" Like, especially I like, know, th- like Savi, you know, like having grown up in the Miami area and it's stuff. Like, just it's just bring it up. It's just exactly <laughs> like it. I couldn't believe. I was like, I was I've, I was like, I've been to this beach before. <laughs> where he I've gets arrested, been. specifically where he gets arrested, and the KX droid comes up, the walls <laughs> between the pavement and the sand. I was like. I'm, that's Miami I, Beach. I'm this is South Beach, yeah. And there's a store right there, like yes. It was there's so like strange. there's like Jimmy Buffett playing in the background. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah, I knew exactly. I was like, I I was like, I've been here before. Yeah. I I know wild. exactly. I, I've, and my mind palace knows exactly where this is. My mind palace. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Once again, I've horribly sidetracked you both. But no, that's okay. Um, we talked about Miami Beach. All been in the service of of this great episode, but uh, it's 
I also was thinking about how Tony had said that, like, the year between Andor season one and season two, like, a lot of people will be the year in the show. So, like, a year will have gone by, Hmm. I think. That's what I interpreted. And then we'll start, like, up until Rogue One. Yeah, because the last arc has to be that year. So that doesn't count as a year jump. The year jump Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he said that people will like betray each other. People will like change their minds. Yeah, people will like they could leave the rebellion. So I I don't know like where where he's going with like certain character arcs in. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Lens. I don't know where he's going with like certain character arcs with like Bix, and I have hope for her. I love her. I She's my too. favorite character. Yeah. I want her to have. Uh, you, 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 when we were talking in DMs, you were like, "I just want to know if Bix is okay," and I, I didn't want to tell you that Bix isn't in it. Uh, isn't in the episode because <laughs> uh, I didn't want to burst your bubble. But I was just like, I can't say anything. But um, Bix has gone through hell from yeah. episode one. So all I want for Bix in episodes eleven and twelve coming out of the ending of this arc you know tony said it's going to end on a two-parter so i'm assuming that whatever the ending of 11 is is going to be one of those like yelling fuck at your tv because yeah it, it's going to be a cliffhanger like and they ain't going to drop them at the same time it's not like twilight of the apprentice where it's a two-parter and you know an animation where we get them both um i just need her to get a hero moment in the last two even if she dies especially like after the torture i don't know if bix carries a blaster i don't know what her deal is as a, as a fighter but i want her to like bare knuckle box didra I oh want same her to just beat some ass like it is so <laughs> earned getting a full-on just like roll up your sleeves let's go like revenge like i am so ready for this she is, has just head injuries, bruises, both boyfriends lost in one way or the other. Just her business is probably not doing well right now. It's just awful for her. She deserves. I, yeah. She deserves. Oh, see, I was thinking about this recently, but with Dedra, like we've seen that she's good. Like she's good with her words. Mm-hmm. And she's good with like scaring people, like getting all up in their face, and like she grabbed Bix, and and then I was like, but is she good with a gun? Like, is she is she good? We're like, gonna find out. There's still yeah. Dedra and her death troopers is still something that hasn't shown up yet. And I was I, looking yeah. at those clips. Yeah, I yeah. really think that like because here's the thing about like the canon is that there can't be obviously there can't be a, a a rebellion victory until scarif we know that there is a rebellion like we successfully pushed them away on lothal and then before lothal there's adalon which was the we barely survived mm-hmm. it would be interesting if cuz those are all like steps right we survived thrawn on adalon we then we successfully repelled them in Lothal and that city rebuilt. And then we had our first unified military victory as Scarab. A step beneath all of those would be what if, because we've seen the way that this city can fight back. I would love it if 
all the storylines converged for like the battle of Ferrix, but because it's against the ISB, it gets swept under the rug. And yeah. like if if Luthen, Bix, Vel, Sinta, everybody is kicking ass in this final showdown and people are dying and stuff, because there's even footage in the trailers of like the riot shields and stuff that we haven't seen. So like shit's gonna go down, but I think it would be interesting if Partagaz or like Yularen was like Ferrix, oh, never heard of it. That never happened. And, like, that's why, yeah, unless you're in the inner, 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 inner circle, it wouldn't be a yeah. victory, you know? Mm-hmm. I can see that. It's it's sad to think, I keep thinking, so the Ferrix set was torn down. So I know that we're not going back to Ferrix, but that also makes me wonder, like, how bad is Ferrix after this? whole riot Another imperial mining disaster perhaps like yeah, yeah. makes me think like, it might be like hey we're losing this fight just blow it up yeah you know like, oh yeah um, that makes me that's uh, i'm worried for my for my guy brasso oh i'm I worried about brasso him. i'm worried for brasso i'm worried for b2 come on oh yeah have you heard of the b2 k2 theory i have heard of it i just don't know like i I've heard people, I've heard the the basic sentence of people think B2's brain can become K2. I just don't know how they think it will happen. Like, has anyone gone, like, deep on this? Because I don't think their personalities are similar. I don't think so either, but I, I do get, like, remnants. I, yeah. Or I think people, like, B2 is, B2's body is destroyed. Cassian mm-hmm. takes, like, a data chip. Mm-hmm. keeps it and then like when he meets k2 or like the, the body of k l3 falcon thing of like yeah yeah like now we know an empire like when 3po is like the falcon talks in a particular dialect it's probably because <laughs> l3 is cursing him out like yeah you know like if, if yeah it's like it doesn't need to be that b2 is k2 but b2's goodness and loyalty might be what is able to break Overrides the programming. Them. Like Ooh. that would have that would make me cry, honestly. Like I would, I would, would... it's poignant. <laughs> yeah. Like because B2, like I the second I got out of the premiere, one of the first things I was fucking fascinated by was that Star Wars is a morality play. And everybody can like their different tones, you know, everything from like the silliest Star Wars, so like resistance or like the Ewok movies all the way to Andor and Last Jedi, which I would say are, and Revenge of the Sith, probably like the most most serious. But they're all morality plays. But the droids up until L3 and K2 had never really gotten in on that. They were more either functional characters or comedy characters or sidekicks, or they're there to be cute. Or if you're in Fallen Order, they're there to heal you when you're getting your ass kicked. Um... (laughs) I need another stem BD. Um, but the entire idea of K2's arc and Rogue One being surprised, having his programming changed and then being surprised by Jin's change and how that he has that moment with her before he dies. And then when I saw the scene where B2 explains that lying takes energy and that he doesn't have enough energy to tell two lies, he's like, that's two lies. Like, that's when I was like, oh, Tony Gilroy is fascinated by the idea that even the robots, even the technology 
is still about morals. It it, it literally mm. takes him. So with that idea, with those two droids that he's done, the idea that how do you break a KX's programming would be with this innocent little babe who is like kind of a dog, but also kind of a Roomba. And <laughs> and is like who has like a little charging port bed, which I love. Um, it's cute, like <laughs> like the dog bed in the living room. It is the dog bed, and, and 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 the fact that that programming that is already established to process choices and to want to speak its mind and to want to help the way that he's like, can I talk? Like when the family's arguing, like that innocence, yeah. I think mixing with the brutality of the KX droid might be the thing that cracks it. So I love the theory. I just want it to be really good. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And if like it, it has to be executed be. the right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it has to I be executed. Cody. I'm sorry. Uh, I trust okay. Tony too. Um, I trust Tony is going to be the new t-shirt for this show. I just announced it. We should <laughs> definitely make it so because i i feel like not only do i trust tony but i do like owe him many years of my life like i the like andor i had this prediction thread of like all the predictions i had for the show and i said this to Lindsay last up but i was like they're they were all wrong and i'm so glad that they were because the direction that tony took andor in was like the direction that i feel like we all needed to go Mm -hmm. with star wars yeah but the reminding back what you said about B2 lens in the dog bed. I was thinking about like when a dog barks and how everyone like shuts it up. That's what Marva does with B2 and talking. And I was thinking yeah. about that today, but I do yeah. wonder if he has something to say, like really important to say. She's not letting him speak or if he's like holding something back I think or that B2. In regards to that, I don't know if B2 will be the one that reveals this, but Marva's whole, like, stop looking for your sister, that is, that and the Sky Kyber, which I already brought up, are the two lingering things that have not been yeah. addressed. Where it's yeah. like, is are we going to get a really sad ending where Marva's like, I never wanted to, I never wanted to tell you this, we did go back. She's dead. Mm. Um and yeah, there was a canary girl working at the brothel, but she was just a random. Like that was not. It's a cold case. Like I don't. I think any other Star Wars project, there would be a sibling reunion, but I think that Gilroy is so hard edged that he might go as far as to because she, that whole like stop looking for her was full of pain, and I can't tell if it's just guilt or if she knows something. Yeah. What do you think that makes me want to ask you about what do you about the Clea headcanon the Clea or theory? yeah the Clea theory? I I don't I don't dislike it. I just wonder. The only thing I don't dislike it, and I see it too visually. Um, I just I think that it's something that Luthen would have sussed out and it would have come up. You know, if it if it was something that like. Because Luthen shows up to Ferrix and, like everyone in the sector, has already heard like Canary Mail, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. I think if if with that out there, he would have been like, "Hey, aren't you from Canary?" Like yeah, <laughs> that, that that probably would have been a Clea conversation. So I think that that's safe to say it's not going to happen. But I don't know. 
Yeah, I was thinking that recently, too, and I think I brought that up once, but I was like, I feel like she, cause, because Clea told Belle that she, like, they have a bunch of information on Cassian, mm -hmm. and, like, she would have probably seen that he was from Canari, so that kind of, in my mind, like, not shut the theory down completely, but, like, Tamp it's like, less tamp likely. I mean, it's the same thing yeah. as, like, when Mothma said she wanted to bring someone into the Inner Circle. And everyone was like, who's it going to be? And it was just a new character. So it's like, it, it's, and not that I don't think there's going to be a surprise. Like, I'm sure we're going to see, especially in season two, we're going to see Bale. If we don't see him in season one, we're going to see him in season two. We're mm -hmm. going to see probably Dodonna. We're probably going to see Merrick. Please, please, if the Star Wars gods are listening, we'll see Merrick. He's my favorite. And Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and bring back. Uh, I really, I know everybody hates Draven, and I, I, I think we're supposed to be a little bit rough on him. But yeah, we're supposed to. Not I, like him. Yeah. I think if we're bringing back Merrick, we have to bring back Draven too. Draven has I think to be it's there. only he. It only makes sense. So He's I need great. both of them. I need both of them together. The, They're like uh, a don't separate. Put the rebellion's well, boyfriends. My, yes. <laughs> my little <laughs> pet theory not story theory but production theory is that you because the, the ahsoka series is going to show us live action hera mm. whoever whoever whatever actress they get for that drop her in Andor season two they so should because it's like she general Sindula, like she's she's fucking there yeah. while jen and cassian are leaving like it that would be a cool way of like these shows are super different. Their tones, they're not telling the same story. But if this is our girl, this is the live action Hera, put the new and improved animatronic Chopper. Because um, Chopper and Rogue One is still one of my favorite things. Because yeah. if, they, if they had brought Chopper on the mission, no one would have died. Um, <laughs> Chopper, Chopper would have killed every Imperial. <laughs> Chopper would have blown up the tower. And they would have been like, what Death Star plan? <laughs> I blew it all up. He's um, like, no one can have it. Yeah. They just, they just send him, like they just drop him off of their <laughs> ship, picked up in the tractor beam for the Death Star, mm -hmm. and they're like, just give him about an hour, and then yep. the Death Star's gone. Yep, yep, one hundred percent. He sabotaged um, the whole thing. I, I wish, I don't know. I also feel like the Ahsoka show could be like a test run for Zeb, I'm which really? they. It's the only one, right? Because it, yeah, we got Sabine, Ahsoka. Obviously, Ezra's casting is out there, even though they've yet to say it, but it's out there. Um, uh, 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 who am I forgetting? Oh, uh, Kanan. <laughs> He's dead. Um, and then the uh, Ow! <laughs> uh, I know, painful. Um, and then Zeb is interesting, right? Because I've had a lot of conversations about this because I'm fascinated by it. It's it's not you can't it's not like um what is the what's the species it's not wookies um gagorans is that what they are yeah, yeah. moroff more like moroff yeah. gagorans the problem is that you can't do it like a wookie or a gagoran because zeb has goat legs yes he has is lasat are built they're built different like they <laughs> they, they, they literally are like he's got a, a primate sort of feet on legs that bend backwards like so he that i think will be out of anything that they adapt would be the most challenging thing to pull off because 
I think that Jaro to Paul in Fallen Order is a nice proof of concept of how one could look in a live action style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then still, how do you do it? Is he is he CG? Is he he has practical arms, but when he's in action, he's a CG character. Is he a I don't know. That's here's my here's my pessimistic take or thought on that is that they're just gonna be like, well, he's just off on his farm with Callus. I don't think we'll see him. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't think we'll see him either. <laughs> the, the truth of the matter is that I think we get Ezra, Thrawn, Hera, and Chopper. Now, now don't get me wrong. I'm okay. I, I would be okay with his absence if they said that. If they don't talk about him at all or give us anything, I'll be yeah. upset. But if they say like, "Oh, he's, <laughs> he's reestablishing on. the he's Lassat hanging out people," he's with his with you with Callus and they're growing his, melons. His husband, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I'll be okay if that's what they give us. I'm not much of a shipper, which is nothing against anyone who is. It's just not something that I think about a lot. But there are a handful, just a handful that I'm very passionate about. And those two as husbands, that's just a fact. Like that it is. Like that's like that one and um my number one most sacred only ship that I actually like ride or die for is Shmigan. Shmi and Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon would have been the greatest stepdad of all time. <laughs> You're was, such a real one. Yes. Like <laughs> like Qui-Gon and Shmi like he shows up He's got a poncho. He's got beautiful <laughs> long hair. He stays for dinner. He's good with kids. He's really supportive. Like he he's like, so what about the boy's father? She's like, there was no father. And he's like, that's interesting. Like, <laughs> like that, that like they like I every time I watch Phantom Menace, I'm like, okay. <laughs> so here, so I think that if he lived, he would have gone back for her. Oh, 100. Uh, if he had, if they, if he survived the Battle of Feed, and they just killed Darth Maul and both went to the temple after that, I think Qui Gon would have been like, first of all, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> second of all, the Sith are back. We should do something about that. And third of all, I'm going to free the slaves, and I don't give a fuck if you think <laughs> a Jedi should be doing that or not, because the boy's right. We should be, because that's Anakin's dream is to go back and you know. I had a dream I freed all the slaves and like I I really think that if Qui-Gon had lived he would have been like nah I'm going back for I'm going back for everyone but like in particular (laughs) (laughs) like you know I love that no disrespect to to Kleeg Lars man no disrespect to you Kleeg you were a good a good husband I'm sure (laughs) um but yeah (laughs) now I've taken us off and on it's okay it's okay this is fun so and we're episode 10 (laughs) Yeah, we're big, big Callus and Zeb people too. And oh, we I, love them. I got to meet Steve Blum last December, and he is also a really big Callus and Zeb guy. And I feel like he, I feel like he should be Zeb if they ever did brought him to bring him to live action. Like I yeah. don't know if they do like face stuff or like voice stuff, and then the but rest. He, he's guy. someone that you keep, and I know that that's been hard for people. Like, who do you keep and who do you don't? Right. Who do you who do you don't? That's not grammar. Who do you not? <laughs> um uh and 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 I, I remember telling people I tried to not that I'm like the messenger of fandom, but I tried to warn as many friends that would listen. I'm like, I want you all to know it's not gonna be consistent. 
and people would be like what do you mean i'm like look you think that just because katie played bow in animation and in live action that that's what we're gonna get i'm telling you it's not and then because we had rosario in the same season i was like you should expect it to be case by case by case Mm-hmm. I loved I loved Sabine Wren so much. Like I said, I have got her tattooed on my body. Like <laughs> I love Tia Sarkar so much. But I also acknowledge she is 10 years older than the character at that point and does not look like the character model. And that's okay. They're both mm-hmm. Sabine to me. If if Kanan didn't die, sorry, Freddie Prince Jr. doesn't look like the character. <laughs> he could never he, he would not play him. <laughs> Uh, Taylor Gray, there's debate about whether or not he looks like Ezra, but like still, like you want to get somebody that is of what he's ethnically coded to be. Lars, however, would be a perfect throng. Ashley Eckstein, I'm sorry, is tiny and like doesn't really like like she can do the voice, but like she would not physically like this is not I'm not, by the way, I'm not litigating you know i don't want to bring heat onto the show by talking about rosario i understand there's a real world situation for anyone listening um but if we're looking at like bone structure like how people are like there's so much that goes into this um and sometimes it's going to be a change or sometimes it's not and i and i hate to be a dick about it but star wars fans you got to get used to that sometimes (laughs) it'll work out like Corey burton Got to still be, uh, is it Corey Bird? Yeah, Cad Bane. He, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was still Cad Bane, and they threw a, a, a body person in there, and but he was still him. So I think that with Steve, that's an opportunity. That, like, It's funny, because I used to say if they ever did Zeb live action, get Andy Serkis, but now you already used him so it's like yeah but a lot of people yeah a lot of people thought that when andy was cast in andor he would be zeb i remember that day and it was it yeah i mean that that would have tracked and that would have been obviously his skill set and everything of the motion capture but yeah it's sometimes like we got to keep katie we got to keep we're probably going to get lars back as thrawn it feels like um fen rao right it's rumored fen (gasps) That's a rumor. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. It's rumor. But, but Kevin McKidd, <laughs> yeah, Fen, Fen Rao looks like Kevin McKidd. Like you could, you can tell that there's a point in Star Wars animation where they were like, "Wait a second, we should probably start making these character models match people," because what <laughs> if? And Katie was yeah. the first one of that, and she that was kind of an outlier. But then Kevin McKidd looks like Fen Rao. Um, Christopher Sean looks like Kaz. Like they started to think like, just if it's probably like you don't want another like David Oyelowo as Callus, where it's like you're completely then playing against, you know, uh, the person of color's voice and the white guy. You want to avoid that. Um, so, yeah. But Steve Bloom is a voice actor, and so like that's sort of like get somebody that can do the whatever you choose to do. Um, and yeah. Then keep him. Yes. I I want to see it. Yeah. Andor episode 10. <laughs> Andor episode 10. Uh, okay. I can, okay. We could talk about all this stuff for hours, I think. That's what's the joy of Star Wars is that we will. the conversation we will. will never end. Yeah. yeah there's going to be a long um, off season. Yeah. Uh, and we oh, could talk yeah. about we could talk about all kinds of shit during that. Um I want to circle Wait, were you going to have a point that you wanted to say, Javi? Um, 
there was like a couple, but I I did want to circle back to the scene with Kino and Cassian after Olaf dies, and yes. I feel like that scene was it was really important. Like a lot of dialogue was said, like that you don't have time to be stupid. But then also, I remember like gasping when he said power doesn't panic, mm. and that I felt like came into play the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I feel like we saw that with Mon even with the conversation about, you know, marrying Lita. And then um, again, like with Kino, like Kino really proved like power doesn't panic because he, I think that we all kind of know that Kino knew that he wasn't getting off or Kino off the facility. And I think that that quote from Cassian like really stuck with him throughout the entire time because Cassian's words have so much weight. Like we know that, like we see that in Rogue One with rebellions are built on hope. And then we saw it with the, I would rather die quote. And then he doesn't repeat it, but the power doesn't panic quote with like Mm -hmm. the entire escape, Mm -hmm. like all of those men just not proved because we all knew how, what they were capable of because we're the audience and we're rooting for them mm-hmm. and we want them to get out but like Kino just that line was just sticking with me throughout the entire episode because he was really like putting that on a pedestal I think I don't know what do you guys think yeah no I think that um for sure he was processing and like every every shot of him after he has that talk with Cassian in that in the in-between room um every shot of him close up you can see him like processing those words and becoming who he's supposed to be the way we talked about this at the top of the episode um uh first you see him almost like I mean he is scared he is panicking he is working through it when he's alone in the cell and only us only we can see his face and see what he's going through oh it's so good and it was it's amazing. an amazing scene oh and his cinema. camera right on him yeah, yeah. Oh, okay in like an uncomfortable the, angle too the part Ugh. where he says no one is getting out he turns around there's this kind of pause because right before that you've got all the guys talking yelling he overpowers them with his words he turns around, it's quiet, and the music is just this repetitive, like, bass. Drum, like, yeah. The, oh, it is, oh, so you good. You want to know so why good. they did that? It's because Kino is Snoke. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally <laughs> I, was, kidding. I was leaning in I'm to kidding. be like, what are I'm you going to say? No, no. Um, no <laughs> I do not but, buy into it, but I know I can No. <laughs> but I, I just, that moment and him, him taking that first step, towards a future he cannot turn back from Mm -hmm. and or he so that was just amazing and then each time we see him again um on the the floor with the men it's their last shift he's saying that like this is you know we're not going to end the shift this way um and seeing him uh, seeing what Cassian's doing and what the men around him are starting to do um knowing again that this is the moment this is what they're gonna have to do um i just i love that journey of him through the episode but i was gonna mention before we move away from the dorm before they leave um the fact that someone brought this up on a comment on one of my posts 
And they said that just like Nemec couldn't sleep the night mm-hmm. before the Aldani mission, it seems like Cassian couldn't sleep as well. And it kind of was like a Cassian's taking this very seriously. Like this is means a lot to him. And just the way that the mission, um, the Aldani mission meant so much to Nemec that he couldn't sleep. Cassian yeah. couldn't sleep. And I was like, oh because he's now whereas he was the outsider the last crew member on that one and it was Bell yep. as leader and Terramen and 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 Nimic sort of as like the soul of that group now he's the soul of this group well exactly and it's like exactly all this like he he insists to Marva like it was just a robbery like he's he's trying to convince himself that he did not feel something about Aldani even though we know he did because he killed Skeen and mm-hmm. the way I've described Cassian killing Skeen is that Cassian shooting Skeen the way that he did, he's almost terrified of killing. Like he she yeah. shoots him and he's like, oh my God. And that's Cassian's like Star Wars is fantasy and it's mythological, even with the non-force characters. That was Cassian's dark side cave. Mm-hmm. When Luke sees Vader in the cave and slices his head off and then he sees himself. Yeah, Cassian kills Skeen. He killed Dark Cassian. That's what you could be. You could yeah. be this yeah. selfish asshole that betrays everything we just did. Months of work. We know it was months for that nine-minute window where the eye would be happening, and Cassian sees this guy who's willing to be selfish, and he's compelled to just kill him. And from that moment on. He tries to run, ends up in prison, and now he's had time to think. Those 30 mm-hmm. shifts, there's that 30-day time jump that happens yep. uh, throughout the Narkina 5 arc. And it's like, he's become, whether he read some of the manifesto while he was on the Amos or not, we don't know. He kept it, and he's becoming this guy, a capital R rebel, whether he wanted to or not. And knowing that his mom became one because of him and like all of those things have to be running through his mind um the night before especially because again even before Olaf's death he'd already been trying to flood the place he was yeah. already yeah. he already had the seeds of a plan yeah i yeah. wrote that in, i wrote that in my in my notes where it's very easy to miss, but when Kino, when Cassian is like, well, we have a plan, and Kino was like, what, you? Like, Burnock and Melshi. Mm-hmm. So what we haven't seen is that, like, Cassian is, like, well, we, we have seen it a little bit with, like, the, you know, we have to do it now when the lift comes to at this point, and then with mm-hmm. him going to the bathroom, or the fresher. <laughs> After uh, yeah, Star Wars it's, Lego. It's, uh, it's called a refresher. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <can> I... yeah. <laughs> My... I was talking about this today to deviate a little bit away from that, but I was wondering what the guard was thinking when Cassian came out of the fresher soaking wet. <laughs> like, all right. Like, okay, okay. Dude. I don't get paid enough to question this. <laughs> exactly. Like, this is this is entry-level Imperial work. Like, we don't even carry, like, the... We don't even carry the E-11 blasters. We got stun batons. I'm not even a stormtrooper. Who gives a shit? Like... Yeah. Let, let this guy let this guy soak his body. That's fine. 
took yeah. a quick shower. Yeah. <laughs> the the grocery store miss baths just really aren't doing it for them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I I did I uh I wanted to touch upon the the that reminds me of the of the guard. His name is Den. The guy who's like you'll 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 remember this if I have uh, to use it. Yeah. yeah. Um and how karma bit him in the ass because somebody mm-hmm. the the guy who was kept the new prisoner came down and used it against him and i was like he's gonna remember that <laughs> oh yeah oh i i love the whole and it's like you see it visually like we're, we're literally taking the tools of the oppressor and throwing them and it's like yeah hell yeah like they're making you do this and now you're gonna throw wrenches and drills and screws and everything and then Luthen at the end is like, I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. Oh. And you're like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> I don't so like good. it anymore. Yeah. I, that doesn't feel good. Like I thought it <laughs> did. Um, but it does feel good. And that's the thing is that it, it can be both. Like you can, yeah. you don't need to burn your decency and burn your life the way Luthen says he does. You can be like Cassian who while still hard-edged like well, you know, he's still he'll still kill in cold blood if need be by the beginning of rogue one um he is decidedly more of a human being than luthan is i mean he's he's yeah at least well, that's... well well liked enough by mothma to be at the table you know so that, that's that's what i love about cassian is that he is so human period i, I don't think i have anything mm-hmm. to say after that but like just the he like loves his adoptive mother and he obviously cares about Bix and like he, he cares about the people in his life and he you know made this friend in Melshi and like there was something growing in a friendship with Nemec mm-hmm. and he just has this like really good heart so no matter like what situation he's in which is why I think in Rogue One that now that we know that like he had a father that was also executed that that makes that scene so much more poignant because he he's listening to his heart i feel like i i don't know just the his character is so you said it earlier and i and you said maybe not tender but i do think that cassian is tender in his he own like, way in his exactly he's he's sort of selectively like cassian is like if you're in my circle you're in mm-hmm. but but like and again, this entire arc, again, talking about making Rogue One better, like, now we know when Chirrut says, you carry your prison with you, it's like, fuck. Like, <laughs> how, how much that must hit him. Yeah. They're knowing that he's been to prison at least twice, because he went as a teenager. And so it's like, to now be, uh, right? He did, he did go as a teenager. He, he talks about that with Skeen. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. hey, and it was with the stormtroopers, like, after, after his dad had them. died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure to say that to him is like oh shit you're right i am still sort of i've come a long way but you know so so cassian has that wall but once you're in like brasso or like kino by the end or like how melshi is by the end then you get to see the other side but maybe that's the thing like maybe that's what we'll see with if in, if tivix in season two and there was a great uh theory who said? I think it was Alex from Star Wars explained that maybe Tivik is one of Anto Krieger's men, and that he'll sur- <laughs> he'll survive. 
whatever yeah. to go down. Well, mm-hmm. well, we we know that he was um, with Saw. Isn't that correct? Wasn't he? Oh, he, is he? Yeah. He, yeah, he's one of Saw's guys because of his, oh, his sister yeah. and on Jeddah. Yeah. He's like, back to Jeddah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, we don't know what other rebel cells they've interacted with. Um, I, at, I do all, think, yeah. I mean, because Tivik obviously has been working with the rebellion proper mm-hmm. uh, through Cassian, but then also, obviously, he was one right. of Saw's men. So there's. But maybe been, that's why, like, there my... was. He... Oh, go ahead. You know, I was going to say there was been, a, I think it was mentioned somewhere once too that Saw could have people in the rebellion as well. That's the thing. Like yeah. It, like, exactly. So... It, it does Saw have his own plants. Exactly. In the other, because he knows, because like Luthan, Saw has opinions on everyone else. Uh, you know, the Gorman friend, the human cultists, which, what the fuck? Like, I, like that. That's the one group where I was like, "Who are you?" Um, and the, yeah. the uh, and Krieger he describes as like an old old ox, like old, like kind of dumb. Like he, he doesn't have a high slow opinion of him. Yeah, so and stupid. So it's like, is this like this all this this interconnectivity of these cells is so interesting to me in terms of like connecting it back to Cassian and how he lets people in, like Melshi. If it had been Melshi on the Ring of Kifrin, would Cassian have shot him? You know, mm. like that's the thing. It's like maybe Tivik is like, "Sorry, dude, I like you, but you're not, you're not close enough to me to, for me to make that call." <laughs> like, if it was, yeah. if it was Bix, would he have shot her? No. Like, so Cassian has a has a sense of morality that's almost like it's not, it's not like assassin's creed but it, it makes me think of like someone like Ezio, like in those games like how he there are people you care about and then there are casualties of the job and you try to keep those as separately as you can and <laughs> it's yeah i mean it's uh it's interesting and then by you know obviously by the second act of that movie he can't do it you know when it yeah. comes to galen and now we have the extra context for that but i yeah but i love the way that the the rebel cells are interacting i love knowing i love knowing as a fan that while Luthen is here talking about, I burn my life for a sunrise I'll never see somewhere out there. <laughs> Hera's like, hey, can you guys go get some fruit? Like, I, I, just, I, I love how like different these, these rebel stories are that are happening at the same year. Like, it's so like, funny. And like, what and... is like Enfys Ness doing at this time? Like, she's a fucking pirate. Like how does maybe luthan and saw are both like she's too like she's too sloppy like she's riding around flying on a bike like she's like that's a whole other type of rebel the cloud yeah the cloud riders yeah Yeah. i want to see them again somehow that'd be a cool that'd be a cool show i'd watch this show but then that also makes me think because we were talking earlier about Jin and cassian being like mirrors of each other and echoes of each other I don't know. Have you read Rebel Rising, Alden? Yeah, it's so good. It's yeah, super good. Jin, right and now, then, it's yeah. isn't it implied that she's on Skull with Hatter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because like, this is after. It should be. It should be after she was kicked to the curb. I think. If, yep. If, yeah. If, 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 if Not too long nice. after. I don't think. Like no. months. Which, which I think contextually is also Saw being like. I'm not making any other connections right now because I'm not going to admit that I care. Like, did either of you watch Daredevil? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
so in the in the end without spoiling it too much for savvy because you should watch it it's awesome um daredevil's mentor stick has this whole thing in the background in the flashbacks of like teaching him how teaching this blind child how to fight and he like consistently reminds matt that he doesn't care about him but he really does care about him and the moment where he realizes he cares is when he kicks matt to the curb and i so I, i feel that with saw a little bit where it's like you ditched her and you will never admit that it bothered you that you ditched her. And so now you're like, well, I don't like any other rebel cells. They all suck, except <laughs> I, I don't like them. Uh, and even Luthen Rail, who, as we know, is this Batman-esque phantom figure who is just has no soul left. If even he's like, come on, son, could you just please just give him a phone call? Just anything. Like, come on. Um, it shows just the, <laughs> the disparity between these cells and how it makes the scene in Rebels where Mothma gives the speech and starts to unite the cells even more powerful because, you know, tying in with her stuff in this episode, wherever this Lita choice goes, wherever Perrin ends up and Lita and Te Colma and, and uh, Davos Skaldin, like whatever happens with these Chandrillan characters, we know it ends with Mothma alone on the run. And so even if she, if she makes a good choice for her daughter or a bad choice, it, it, it ends up with her being a solo entity that has to unite these cells. She's no longer has a family. And did you read princess in the, uh, in the scoundrel? Um, no, I'm, I'm still working my way through it. So, but, but I'd be even at the beginning, at the beginning when Han first proposes to Leia, first person leia tells that she's getting married besides luke is mothma yeah it's like that's like there's it's a maternal like like a daughter and now it's like am i supposed to read that in a sad way now or am i supposed to like like what happened so like that's gonna change that aspect of and you know what as as one of my co-hosts nikki pointed out maybe davos scalden's son is the nicest guy ever and lita (laughs) wants to marry him and maybe it's maybe it ends up being bittersweet but ultimately okay like we don't know where they're gonna go um but mothma has to make these choices that are good for everyone but isolate her where she's by the time the ghost crew meets her and ezra meets her it's like she's this lone even in when we first saw her in return of the jedi you have akbar and you have all the characters we know but Mon mothma is just this unique one woman like when we first saw her she was just this redhead woman in a white dress who like had an ambiguous amount of authority she's always been like a mysterious thing and what they've done with her here i think is so interesting and ties in with what we're talking about um with the prison storyline because Mm -hmm. her prison is her house like she she yeah got no peace at work she gets booed People are ignoring her. She comes home and gets disrespected by her husband and her child because her husband has clearly already brainwashed their kid um, to a certain degree. And I love the line that in, in episode nine with Vel visiting that she like, the apartment is in the embassy. So it's like you don't even really have a home home. On yeah. You're always stuck between the Chandrillan society that clearly burned you and this Coruscant society that's burning you now in the same way that Cassian is stuck between 
Ferex and Niamos and this prison in the same way that Luthen is stuck between everywhere he goes. Nobody has any place of security, which is why it's it's exciting to know that Yavin is coming, which just makes sense, but that yeah. Yavin for being home. Yavin yeah. for being the place we protect. Yavin for and will continue to be. Like Poe Dameron grows up there years yeah. later. And it's like that's a place where we can all finally just be and yeah. exist. Um, which no one gets in Andor. Even Marva's house, the show constantly tells you it's cold. She there's not enough money to keep the yeah. heat on. It's like, you know, she she takes the long way home because of her trauma. Like no one gets comfort. Yeah. Oof. Ooh. <laughs> It's a lot. To, it's so much to process. It's so much to think about. And I love how deep this show is and how we can like read so much into it because it's mm-hmm. meant to be. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be. They're, all of this is for a reason. And that's, yeah. That's what I love is that a lot of like conversation and discussion comes up about previous episodes and every time a new episode drops. Like I remember Skeen came up after the last episode before this one dropped and I was like I've never really like seen a show inside such conversation where it's just like constantly pulling back because everything is relevant not only to the next episode but like to the you know it's a prequel to Rogue One so Mm -hmm. there's just like a lot of again, like remnants of each other and, and everything and how like everything just keeps coming back and like things start mm-hmm. making sense. It's the most like a novel that Star Wars television has ever been, live action or animation. It, it's And that's why it's the hardest to podcast about and not like hard, like, oh, what we do is so difficult. What was <laughs> us? Like, no, this is fun. Obviously, it's it's talking about Star Wars. But with Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi, there was like, even Kenobi, which was one arc, it was, st- and even Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett as well were one arc, but you could say, oh, that's the one where this happened. Whereas with Andor, it's like, oh, what, 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 what when did that happen? No, oh, that was in, that was an eight, that yeah. was in nine. Like, that's happened it, multiple times throughout this episode. <laughs> yeah, like it, because it feels like taking pages of a book and being like, oh, well, hold on, I don't remember exactly when that happened, but I know it was kind of in the middle, like, so it, it, it just, and that's why all of them up until uh, like one and two end on downbeats with the exception of the drum solo at the end of two, which is still fucking amazing. Like three ends on a Star Wars high and then four and five are downbeats and then six ends on a Star Wars high, kind of. Uh, seven is the interlude and then we got eight, nine and 10 ends on a high, kind of. Um, but it's like, when people say, uh, I, I, because I, I get it, people that are like, this is not fantasy enough for me, it's not whimsical enough for me, it's not funny enough for me, it's not, it doesn't make me feel good like Star Wars normally does. You're right, but mm-hmm. that's, but the thing is, is it's the whole show, as but we were on the round table, um, with Bo Willimon and, and Sana Wallenberg, Bo said that Tony told him. This season is the education of Cassian Andor. That's what the thesis is. And it is taking, it shouldn't feel as much like Star Wars at the beginning. 
and it gets more and more and more and more Star Wars funny. That's why when in seven when we got to Niamos, people were like, "Whoa, that was a weird alien." Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he's getting more involved in Star Wars on a meta level. Like, yeah, this guy, no matter what they do, Cassian Andor is in the movie that ends with New Hope. Like, it it should logically get more Star Wars. Season two of Andor, I'm sure, will be. Yeah. More fun, weirder, uh, have more aliens. Like Toby Haynes has said that Tony told him not to put aliens in the foreground of the episodes, keep them in the background if they're there at all. Like when yeah. Lonnie goes down, you only kind of see them glimpse and everything. It's not yeah. like in Kenobi when Leia's running around and she's running between the legs of an alien and there's all these things. Like Tony, I think, is purposefully holding back. That way, by the time we get to where we're going and we get to that, it's, you know, three days and then I leave for Kafreen. It's like, oh, okay, we're in Star Wars now. And mm-hmm. that's not going to sit well with everybody. So, yeah, I, when people say I miss the I miss Grogu because that made me feel good, I miss them too. But they're both Star Wars. So, like, yeah. that's, you know. And and they could coexist with each other and and it could be a really healthy, I'm going to say relationship, because I can't think of another word. It but is a relationship. A yeah. lot of people will like compare every Star Wars that comes out, and 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 I said this last pod ep- episode, but uh, none of it is comparable. Like, there's no way that we can compare Andor to like Tales of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. It's it's or no, honestly, and no way we can compare like Kenobi to Andor. I, in in like a production way yes obviously yeah. but you can but talk it... about like the nitty-gritty of like well this method or this method or like digital practical whatever like there's stuff to talk about there is real comparing contrasting to be had but the bad faith stuff that happens in the fandom of like this is so much better than everything and everything else before it was stupid is like so wrong yeah because the show disagrees with you like one of the main i'm sorry to break this to people that you know think this is star wars game of thrones it's fucking not like one of the main characters of this is mon mothma one of the original glup shittos that's what she was in 1983 who's that woman that we've never seen before in this trilogy that's giving orders i don't know she's there with the fish guy like <laughs> and and now we have made her more and it will continue to do that. And and like I tell people, like this is in the most brass tax way. It's a prequel to the New Hope prequel. Like it is yeah. all a part of it. And uh, I, you know, I I joke like I do not at all buy into Kino Loy Snoke theories. But it would not surprise me at all if season two had something that was you know a little bit of a. A nod like Rogue One has, like Rogue One has Mothma heavily suggesting to Bail, like it's time to fucking call Obi Wan Kenobi, like yeah, get him in there, like maybe in season two of Andor, she floats that option and they decide against it, you know? Because yeah, Obi Wan told Bail, if you ever need me, call me, and yeah, it would be cool, like you know, to see because Tony has a reputation of being like. I had never liked it as a kid. I'm I'm not a fan, but it's like he clearly became one because he's out there correcting people about rebels. 
Yeah. Like, he's yeah. done his shit. Like, the Gorman so. massacre and, and mm-hmm. the timeline with Mon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets yeah, it. I, and he, I love it. He's in it. Like, academically, he's in it. Um, yeah. He recently said that. He recently said that he was, like, knows, or, like, his nose was all up in Wookie, Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah. he name-checked Pablo in Hollywood Reporter. He was like, yeah, yeah, we have someone. I think he said that Pablo is like... The Vatican? The, exactly, it was the Vatican. Yeah, it was like, it was something like geopolitical or historical. Yeah, the Vatican. Yeah. He's like, it's that guy. Like, he knows, like, yeah, he wants to push. He's going to use the word gun instead of blaster. He's going to use the word shit. He's going to have a brothel. He's like... <laughs> the way I've described Andor is like if there's a fence between Star Wars and not Star Wars, it's a chain link fence, like at a high school. Andor runs up against the fence, kind of shakes it, threatens to climb over it, and then doesn't. Yeah. Like it never That's exactly it. I've, I've never felt like Andor wasn't Star Wars. But yeah. I have felt like it has challenged me in the same way that Last Jedi challenged me. But it's a good challenge. It's like when you meet someone that's really smart and you're like, ooh, I kind of want to talk to that person more. Like, that's like that's how Andrew is. And, and you said it's like a relationship. I've said this like a thousand times to anyone that will listen. Star Wars is a romantic relationship. If you love Star Wars, you love it like you love a partner. You're not going to love everything about the person you're with you're not it's just a reality but at the end of the day you still love them flaws and all everyone has a favorite and everyone has a least favorite in the same way you have a favorite thing about the person that you're with and you have a least favorite thing about you have the (laughs) thing that just drives you crazy about that person where you're like god i wish you'd stop doing that or oh how are we not past this yet but at the end of the day you're like that's my person like so like even my least favorite Star Wars thing, I'm like, no, fuck you, it's Star Wars. Like it, it's so yeah. It needs to, it, it should be all things. I yeah. want to watch Andor and see things like this prison breakout or Mothma having to choose about an arranged marriage or Luthen bearing his soul and feel that. And then I want to watch Star Wars Resistance and watch you know Niku do silly shit. Like yeah, I need them both. Yeah, I, you do. I do wish in like more situations. I wish people, cause like let's say let's say Andor came out first, and then like Kenobi came out. Mm. Like I would never hear anybody say like blank name drop in Kenobi, like referring to like a character mm-hmm. in Andor. I think that that's the one thing that has not bothered me, but like bothered me. <laughs> Where people will be like, <laughs> "What's the word bother?" Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember when. I had made this post because we didn't know the official year Cassian was on Canari, but that was recently confirmed. Mm. But I had put that it was this going by, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. I just did the math. And then I was like, this would be the same year the battle of Umbara was Mm. just to like give people a, and people were like commenting and quote retweeting it. And they were like, uh, they were like Jedi, or they were like, Obi-Wan's going to be an Andor, which was a thing, which I think, Linz, you know about that. Yeah, people were like, oh, because you mentioned 
a Clone Wars battle trying to give reference to the uh, year, people were like, oh, uh, that means that. And we're like, no. We're just which is the second context. time that's happened because people thought Obi-Wan was going to be in That's what I was referring to. Yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> that he was going to be who saved Baby Din. Yeah. Because Ewan had done his costume test on the Mandalorian set. And yeah. It's like, no, that's just like called business. Like he's just, <laughs> he's just going because they they are shooting there and he needs to costume test. Like yeah. not every, not everything is a thing as much as sometimes it would be um exciting. Like look, if if out of fucking nowhere in Andor season 2, they do call Obi-Wan and we get Ewan McGregor on a hologram and for whatever reason they decide against bringing him in, I would lose my mind. I would scream if it'd I be saw, cool like it would it's be Obi-Wan. cool everyone would <laughs> love it and i think there's a cynicism out there where people act like they fucking don't and it's like it the the butchering of the word cameo to where it doesn't mean anything anymore yeah um it's entirely misused bad batch was when it broke like that show broke people's brains Hera and bad batch is not a cameo she is a recurring she's a guest role recurring arguably she's in two of them like she's there for a reason a cameo it, like, is evazan and ponda baba in rogue one that's a cameo like yeah you know saying like like melshi is not a fucking cameo in in andor he's no uh, he's he it's it's a if you know you know but it's it's he's a role and we've butchered the word cameo we've butchered and gutted the word fan service the term fan service um because it's arbitrary it's only fan service if you feel service it, it only <laughs> I, yeah go ahead I, I feel like we've also butchered retconned we've oh we've destroyed that word <laughs> we've destroyed it because people have no flexibility like yeah they, they forget that the creator of all of this was also kind of figuring shit out as he went along like as we all remember, the siblings make out an empire. And then in Return of the Jedi, she says she remembers her mother. And since then, we've ironed that out. Yeah. And we've figured out ways around. And we've like, even Princess and the Scoundrel makes a joke about them having kissed. And I think Leia says, like, we agreed never to talk about that again. Like, <laughs> either Leia, Leia or Luke. One of them says that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's the people become. And I talk. <sighs> This is this sounds like a shameless plug, and I don't mean it to be a shameless plug, but like when I had Ryan Johnson on, I asked him about like people get obsessed with facts more than they get obsessed with story, and they're not the same yeah. thing. Like if you if you love the reference guides and you love Wikipedia and you love all that, that's awesome. It's so fun to know things, but it's also a story, and it's also as Pablo Hidalgo has said. The, the mythology of Star Wars is written in pencil. It's not written in ink. So Andor changed where Cassian was from, changed his age, changed his backstory, recontextualized the in this fight since I was six line. It changed all that stuff, and it did it in an elegant way. And there we go. Who the fuck ever thought that Obi-Wan and Leia had an adventure when she was a kid? No one yeah. ever thought that. But you put it in there and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. I yeah. Can't. And it makes sense because, you know, Leia, Leia names her kid after Ben. It's so, never made more sense than it does now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it, so beautiful. 
it is really beautiful and i keep thinking about how like going back to the episode 10 with like with the prison scene and like how i i always wonder in every episode like how this experience in cassian's like early rebellion life Mm -hmm. not a capital r yet but how this will influence decisions and like future missions yeah or like how much of all of this influenced like the rogue one like the rogue one mission or yeah i mean it's another Uh, breaking out of the prison is another climb moment i was about to yeah yeah. i was just about to say i was thinking like he's had nemec tell him to climb he's had uh kino he's heard kino say it it's a reoccurring thing and i i just keep thinking like all those moments and all these things we're going to see in this season and and things that push Cassian forward, even when he didn't want to be pushing him forward and he's rose to the occasion and all these, these um, moments. And then we're going to see probably more in season two to the moment where he, he climbs that tower to get to Jin to make sure yeah. like he, the mission's over, but he's, gonna get up there he's gonna go and find out what happened and it's like did was he this is just this is just me thinking but like was he thinking like was he hearing nemec was he hearing kino as he's like half yes. dead already yes. climbing that tower yeah. like at the very end like and, the, and do you think oh. anybody's listening yes oh yeah like yes. after, after no one's listening like yeah. how far he's come in terms of I mean, again this is what star wars does this is why i always say when people compare Star Wars and the MCU, that logic that's logically fallacious. They're not the same. The MCU <clears throat> builds forward almost exclusively. Occasionally, you get a flashback or like an Ant-Man or you get like Black Widow's the one movie that was like, okay, let's go back and tell a story. Star Wars tells its stories backwards, forwards, sideways, adjacent to. That's why I call it a tapestry. That's why it's become an Alden meme that people that listen to my show or follow me on Twitter always say that I use the word tapestry all the time. Because I do. Because it is. <laughs> like, everything affects everything. And yeah. even, your think about your, le- you don't have to say it, but like, what's your least favorite Star Wars? Just have it in your mind. Whatever that is, has been affected by your favorite one in some way is changed by whatever's coming out next we have andor right now the next thing that's going to come out is bad batch season two bad batch season two will affect andor and it already has in terms of like bad batch and andor together one's animation and is way more fun and is way more for the family one is way darker and skews a little bit more adult but together they paint a picture of what these early days were like and then what these later days were like but the dehumanization Mm. it was bad batch that cemented like this nazi-esque like these these checkpoints with the chain codes and everything that would then connect to mandalorian and how now mandalorian has the fallout of everything that was done by the rebels in the original trilogy and who facilitated the rebels in the original trilogy the rogue one crew who facilitated yeah. the Rogue One crew? People like Marva and Luthan and Kino. Like, all these characters are together. And, like, even the two most controversial Star Wars movies, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, no matter which one you love or hate, or if you hate them both or love them both, the two of them work together in ways that people will never give them credit for. 
and are affected by things like the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Like Andor, like the whole idea of Cassian, even though he's not, because Ezra and Luke and Ray and Cal Kestis, like Star Wars characters, these heroes normally start younger, but Cassian already being a grown ass man by the time the show is starting, we get some kid flashbacks, of course, to when he's Casa, but he's still hitting those same hallmarks. And he's still hitting those those moments that Ray would hit and that other people would hit. And the idea that, yeah, like it, it's all going to pay off eventually and it's not and it won't be over over until the sequel heroes finally finish the show. Yeah, good. But it doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, exactly. And that's what I love about like what Cassian says to him as the thesis of this. Like, I'd rather die fighting than giving them what they want and if those are indeed death star parts like many people think especially because of lonnie's line earlier about scarif shipments and stuff it's like yeah you helped build it but you're also going to help fucking destroy it like yeah luke skywalker couldn't do what he did unless kino and and cassian lead this breakout yeah yeah, Oof. it's literally like a really big do- game of do- a domino effect, not a yeah. game of dominoes, because that's a completely different. <laughs> no, a game of dominoes. You see, Cassian being uh, a Latino character, he plays, yeah, you know, but really, like, yeah, the the, the, whole, the whole idea he would of like, fuck up dominoes. Oh, he would absolutely, but he, I don't even know if he has the patience, honestly. Like, I know I don't. Um, yeah. But it's... yeah, like, if, if, if it's not for Luthen, then Cassian's never in the game. If Cassian's never in the game, do they ever get Jin out of jail? If they, it's all one thing, and it goes all the way down to Ray, Finn, and Poe, and everybody. Like it is one story. Like that's why, again, I acknowledge Rise, very controversial movie. I get it, but the difference between Rise of Skywalker and Return of the Jedi, the key difference is that in Return of the Jedi, it's military versus military. In the Rise of Skywalker, it's the galaxy versus the military. It's citizens. Mm. It's people. And that goes all the way back to Phantom Menace of mom. You always say the biggest problem in the galaxy is that no one ever helps each other. Yeah. And people don't show up until the very, 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 very last chapter. Yeah. And, and it took all the people along the way. And again, that's not me saying anyone has to like any of the movies or shows or any books or anything. You can dislike them all except your favorite one, and that's fine. Do you? You can be like, I only like the Ewok movies. More powerful. <laughs> but but they but they all are all intimately linked. Even Luthen with that Sky Kyber, mm. which again, Sky Kyber watch starting now. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Um, he says this is from the uh, when we resisted the uh, Rakatan Empire. Mm-hmm. what Luthen holds on to the thing that matters most to him this, this memento is about a successful rebellion oh, yeah it's so sick like <laughs> so sick. so even fucking thousands of years <laughs> if it's if it's still the legends Rakata yeah like, I, when I heard that I was like oh <gasps> yeah like Luthen is this guy who has all these antiquities and he gets all these things and has all these, you know, he's got fucking Indiana Jones's whip and the fucking carbonite. But like he the only thing that matters to him is this reminder of that it can be done. And is and the fact that it's Kyber 
is like not just the Rogue One theme connection and visual connection, but Luthen remembers. He says the equ- I wrote this equation 15 years ago at the end of this episode. That I and the the result is that I'm damned for what I do. But 15 years ago was when it all fell to shit. That's when the Empire rose. That's when roughly. I know it's not exactly yeah. what, what what is the I think it would be 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. Four, 14 yep. years since Revenge of the Sith. Um yeah. so in the so basically Luthen toward the end of the Clone Wars had this realization. And he's kept this piece of kyber with him because he remembers an optimistic time. Like it's it's post fantasy. Like this is this is Star Wars doing kind of what Game of Thrones does, not tonally. Uh, not that I think this is Star Wars' Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones is fantasy post-fantasy, post-magic. Mm-hmm. There's post-magic fantasy where it's like when we pick up with Game of Thrones, it's like, well, there used to be dragons. There yeah. used to be giants. There used to be you know more dire wolves. We used to have an age of heroes. And Luthen is this fucking Batman figure that's holding this Jedi crystal that's like, we used to fucking be something. And like, yeah. how powerful is it to know for us as fans that somewhere out there, there is, there's Kanan. There's a and he says, we're looking like, for heroes. He's like, I need heroes. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. And he knows I... he's not one. Yeah. yeah. And he knows he's not the guy, but he really, really wants people to be the guy. And I understand. I've heard some people, and this is a just, I think this is a very good criticism to note, especially as we try to do better with representing uh, women in sci-fi fantasy, you don't want to suddenly come in and be like, actually, it was Luthen and not Mothma that was the mastermind. Like, mm. you don't want to take Mothma's agency away. No. But what I think Gilroy has done really well is that Mothma already had her shit going. Like, going back to the Revenge of the Sith deleted scenes. And the when his I Need Heroes is like, oh, and that's why he picks her. Like, Luthen's inner circle is not going to become the capital R rebellion. Luthen's inner circle is this trying to get the cells together, but she's still the one that's going to do it. Yeah. She's the hero that he has chosen, whether Lonnie plays in later or not. But it's like, it's sort of, again, it's Batman looking at the Justice League and being like, I'm the only one of us that's not a god. I'm not Wonder Woman. I'm not Superman. He's positioning these players to be like the people that they need to be mm-hmm. so it, it they already have they're already capable they're already such strong characters he's just seeing that in them and mm-hmm. helping them be in the place and the time that they need to be to become that yeah because um, he knows so, he's he's a dead man like yeah. i don't know if luth i've seen some theories like do you think luthan is dying or is luthan i don't think oh. he's dying or anything but i do think that I think he's got something up his sleeve that even Clea doesn't know about. And like my fan theories that I have no evidence for is like, I think Luthen will die trying to do something fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> I think he will try to like assassinate Palpatine or something like something, <laughs> something nuts. We've like, seen, we've seen that happen in the comics. We've seen intelligence someone, agents try to do that. Tried. Someone tried. Yeah. yeah and he went the, crazy after. That Star Wars annual. Yeah. I forget which one it was, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, he tried. Maybe mm-hmm. Luthen's like, I need to know that the work is going to keep going because I'm going to try something like some well, real shit. 
we right? know that he's gonna have a badass moments like in the next episode or the one after he still hasn't he saw oh, yeah. the hood up oh well also the ship oh that's on Ferrix. yeah he, so that motherfucker so goes right back I was to talking, <laughs> i was talking to savi about this recently and i think i made a thread he dedra asked for really specific things from the isb or the even the navy uh the, uh, the mm-hmm. imperial navy to bring to Ferrix and oh, even yeah, yeah, yeah. uh Lauren's like this is quite a wish list and she's like well it's nothing compared to the cost of all this lost equipment if we don't mm-hmm. do something mm-hmm. so in the some of several of the trailers we've seen basically a listening ship an imperial listening ship and we've seen one similar to it in rebels um and we've seen shots of uh the Fondor using its lasers and also some other crazy weaponry to take out the ship and like oh, we've yeah. seen it on pip my ride <laughs> oh yeah oh dude, well, the, the, the fondor and especially because it has a voice it's gonna be like now engaging fuck them up mode like, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well we, and we see we see in the trailer that uh it's getting destroyed so he's destroying i think that it's like the listening device that picked up Bix's transmissions, yeah, um, and they were able to intercept. So or I think does he's... he is that is what we're looking at their spellhouse. Like, does well, he I, have a change I, of heart and show up? And I don't know because the the way the background, the planet in the background of the shots really yeah. reminds me of Ferrix. And also, I, I just think that there would be a ship like that because above mm. Ferrix in a situation, I think he's going to come in and he's going to destroy it and it's going to cut it's going to basically deafen or like cut off all communication um between like i think it's going to basically cripple the empire's um, capabilities on the planet for a time um i just i feel like that's gonna happen And like the at the time of this recording um we got those great graphics of the of the different characters and first of all, is this Cassian's final look for the show? Because that's a look yeah. we haven't seen. And yep, it, looks, it looks like his beard's coming in a little so bit. So good. And new, it, new trench coat, Clem Blaster. Oh, it's so spicy. Especially if you look at the, the mannequin from San Diego Comic-Con. He's wearing a black cowl like around his neck. Yes. And I think like that he... Actually, I might... If 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 you go to my Instagram, if you scroll through my premiere photos, it's that it's there too. They had it at the yeah yeah. So Wait. that's 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 season finale shit. And then also in that post is Black Hood Luthen in battle pose. Oh yeah, which so is good. Like, <laughs> we're gonna have this is gonna be like Avengers Assemble. Like everybody so from the season. Like I cannot when- wait. When I was posting that on the news account, I was like, I think that these are the sole survivors of this season of the main cast because Barada said that she had she she got to read for twelve, but mm. she hinted that she was not in it. <gasps> Interesting. And then we got Vel, Luthen, Mon, Cassian, Clea, and Bix in that post. Yeah. Throughout those six. Well, we know Melshi lives, but yeah, it's yeah, good. I don't know. I, I honestly, Marva is not gonna make it out of this season, no. and and I no. am going to weep. Me like, too. If you see, if you see at four a.m. 
on whatever day the finale comes out, the 24th or whatever, uh, if you see crying just like on my Twitter feed, that's you, you know, it happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's been some, you've seen a couple of the shots in the trailers, but it looks like there's like a procession happening mm. in the town square. Um, and we see mm. that B2 is at the front of it. <gasps> like the front, and we also know oh, that yes, there it, is music. There's like, uh, there's people that are like a band, and we there's some shots that we've gotten of them and the some behind knows? the scenes. <laughs> in the, <laughs> playing in the, sad jizz. Well, I mean, there, there's been some, there's some horns in there. Um, but yeah, they're all like dressed in colorful, like red and yellow and like orange. You know, the Ferrex colors, but they're oh, like, shit. they're not wow. regular. They're not regular uh outfits and like i said in the some of the behind the scenes footage there was a moment where you see them fighting the imperials like with their their like instruments mm -hmm. that's um, so fucking sick so a former band kid like <laughs> smashing people with their like flutes and fucking stuff baritones and tubas so like... yeah it's like I, it's like with with Patrick and I cannot believe I'm bringing up SpongeBob, but oh my God. when Sandy shoved the trombone up his ass, yeah, I thought you were gonna say Patrick when he's trying to get injured Squidward <laughs> to go with them jellyfish hunting, and he's like firmly grasp it, <laughs> firmly grasp it, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts, but it'll be so I, good, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm really excited. I'm really nervous, but I know it's all going to be good. Um, I didn't know if we wanted to. I don't know what else do we want to speculate about or yeah. speak Did on. Did we cover everything in episode ten? I mean, we didn't like, really finish like... the prison arc. We didn't really talk about the <laughs> end of it. <laughs> well, yeah the the actual like, well the keynote speech incredible. Like we touched on the him trying to do it, and then Cassian's like, "Can you do better than that?" yeah like come on and then he starts quoting him yeah which was beautiful um does kino live or die like i feel like that's like kind of like the top at the end of inception right like that's yeah the, yeah i think it's up to like audience interpretation and that's what yeah. like tony and andy were like we were like well we didn't see him die which i think no. is so cool that they say that yeah um, you don't because it's like could he have jumped and died possibly could i don't know the physics of this but you know if two guys are swimming and they take one of your arms over both of the you know like is that possible to swim a third i don't know but also yeah. like ships come and go like could kino have taken some blasters and run up to the tippy top and grabbed a shuttle like if season two kino comes back as a surprise i will be so fucking happy that'll be my Screaming, crying, moment. throwing up. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, uh, it makes me think about like, because Cassian and Melshi were like pushed off together, but no, like I, I think that. Sorry, let me just intercept. Like I went through those like frame by frame that moment where he like gets pushed <laughs> off. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessive. So I was like going through frame by frame. Cassian gets pushed off, but then Melshi jumps after, like right after, because you see. Melshi with the blaster because they both loyal. He literally <laughs> like my jumps with him. He like I, he stops with him. He's like, I'm sorry, not Kino. That's my boy. <laughs> he's literally like, he's literally like, I'm stopping I've with been... Cassian. Well, everybody else jumps around me. I'm not going anywhere. 
And then as soon as casting goes, he's like, well, this is it. <laughs> he's like, all right, we're going. Yeah, yeah. Which is, it, I, I wish that we could see, like, the swimming. Like, I really, I would watch an entire episode on just Cassian and Melshi swimming to the beach. Yeah. I think it'd be, I posted a picture of two otters holding hands, and I was like, this is how they got to the beach. That was <laughs> an incredible tweet. That was, that was high I quality. I love that. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I do. Then... Go ahead, Sorry, Lindsay. Go ahead. I was just gonna say they're like running across this barren wasteland in soaking wet clothes, barefooted. Like these poor guys. What? I, I really hope that we get just a little bit of like a. How did they get from naked and afraid in the wilderness <laughs> to to <laughs> Niamos or whatever? Like I want to see just a little bit of like a what well, happened there to build on like Melshi more. I want to know, like, how long he's been in prison, and I want to know, like, how much of, like, a shock this is for him to be, like, mm. back in the real yeah, galaxy. Yeah, also, like, what is... The other thing that I love about the episode is that Kino's rallying these 5,000... They're all men, right? There's no women in the prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No I think that's yeah. how it is. Yeah, so it's, like, these 5,000 guys... But we don't know what any of them are in for. For some of them, this could be like, hell yeah, I'm a killer. Like, But for <laughs> other people, it could be like, I've never touched a blaster in my life. And we don't know where Melshi is on that scale. Like, is this the first time that Melshi's ever committed violence? Is he, I don't is he think a so. Soldier? Like, he seems like he, he kind of gets it. Yeah. Like, he, he was he, covering like, Cassian. The, yeah. With the taking, like, lead and, like, with telling people to stay back. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. definitely. I want to know more about him. I could, I could read a book or. It's funny how this like one random ass, gleb shido for lack of a better word, because he's graduated from that status now. Now he's no, he doesn't count anymore. But in Rogue One, he was absolutely glub. Yeah, he, I remember Rogue when he submitted like... him for the gleb shido account. Dude, he he you yeah what? he counted like, Rogue yeah. One had a had an excellent bevy of rebel glups whether it was melshi oh, or merrick or or wee teeth um more pow pow like bestan like they were non-stop rebel glups in that um, it was perfect but yeah but now now melshi is definitely he's elevated to side character now and and i know that duncan pow would have he would speak so eloquently on this character. I want to see him answer some of those questions that the Star Wars account was like, ask questions. Of- I want to see him answer one and give us just a little bit more about Melshi because he's such an eloquent person. He speaks yeah. so intelligently. He's- How does it feel to graduate from Glup Shadows? <laughs> I just want to hear him speak he's like, about what the fuck character. is that? <laughs> I had to explain to Shelby Young what a Glup Shadow was. And that was one of my favorite moments as a Star Wars podcaster, because we were talking about her voicing Leia, obviously, but then yeah. she's also Captain Bragg in in um, Bad Batch. And I was oh, like, yeah. you know, Captain Bragg is a small enough character. Like, she could be people's glub shit And Shelby was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, I get to explain to a Star Wars actor what a glub shit is? What a great oh, moment in time. That is. I hope that somebody has explained that to me. <laughs> <laughs> because he's like prime glub shit He's I, a me. Yeah. He's a what? He's a meme lover. Like he loves memes, so I think that he would oh, yeah. appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, the actor is Buddhist, 
I'm pretty sure. Mm. And he is like, he like shares like Buddhist memes, <laughs> but like the, but like the type of memes that like, that like Twitter fuckers laugh at, like, yeah. like they, like he posted one of like a biblical, a biblically accurate angel, <laughs> like a man in a hospital bed. I was like, oh, this is his type of humor. Dude, yeah, he's wish. he's <laughs> he posted a like, are you winning, son? And then it was like the biblically accurate angel on the side, and he and it was like, I no, I'm going through like some existential crisis. Yeah. And we were like, okay, I'm gonna hit the next post, like, button. <laughs> he'll literally post like three, two or three, like really like. Deep, look at like, it now. thinker sort of like posts on his instagram stories you're like wow this is so cool he's sharing this stuff like i feel inspired and then the next thing will be like some really funny like random that's what i aspire video to. like that's what i that like my twitter feed i try to make it like deep analyses long ass threads lots of thoughts and then like also me photoshopping lumpy into a photo of limp biscuit like that's like <laughs> there I, you go i i, I want to contain multitudes in the yes same and he does he does he does very much and i we love it it's awesome he's so cool i made a joke a while back where i was like I feel like Duncan's Instagram page is what Melshi's Instagram page would be, which is just like the book he's reading, the gym, and then memes. <laughs> I was like, this guy is literally Melshi. And he's a wonderful poet. He is a brilliant poet. Yeah. He has a page have, with his you sister. Have to his, you yeah. should. We'll send it to you. He has a page yeah. with his sister where he writes this po a poem and she'll do artwork side by side and it's sometimes the artwork doesn't like maybe you won't think it correlates or whatever sure, but like sure. just it's 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 a beautiful like sketch sketches with his words oh awesome. so good he's so that. good that's really yeah. cool that's really Melchie Melchie for the win <laughs> Melchie's great like i yeah i i'm I, what i'm excited for is like for whoever finds Cassian or, or whoever Cassian finds, you know, maybe he picks up that Vel and since are tracking him and he gets the drop on them, whatever it is. I love the idea of them reuniting like Vel and Cassian and Vel being like, who's this? He's like, this is, this is my new sidekick. This is my boyfriend. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> She's like, oh, I get it. He goes She's where like, I go. I get it. She's exactly, like, I get yeah. it. Like, it's, it's, I get it. It's the she's Mothma like, the same thing meme, happened with like, me. The Mothma, like, Mothma knows what you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, Ugh. that's what I, that's what keeps making me think, like, where they're going to go with Cassian and Melchie's storyline. Because, like, we, if the beach scene is next episode, the that's like their final moment, then, like, Cassian goes to Ferrix. But then there's mm. also been theories where, like, Melshi goes with Cassian to Ferrix. Mm. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that, that Cassian is going to drop Melshi off on this at Miami Beach and he's going to be like, see you eventually. And then they reunite on Yavin 4. And it'll be like, time has never passed. That'd be great. I love that. Yeah. I love, I love it either way if he stays with them or if he, if it's a, a surprise that Melshi, like, Melshi feels inspired. And then finds his own way to yeah to the rebel. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I I love them so much. Yeah, I do. I love them I 
I think it's the last shot of the episode is them running into the dark. And I made this little post and I was like, there's the three moons above them in that last shot. And there's the big, like the big moon. And then there's the two little moons. And it's like, that's, that's Cassian and Melchie like running and like that's them. And that's their future. It's like this giant ass moon. It's the death star in the future. So romantic. that's like a late night Star Wars thought. That's that, like a, that was literally my late that's night like a, Star Wars thought. I that's like I'm that. shampooing my hair <laughs> in the shower and I'm like <gasps> Well it was like it was like I like I get that because I sent a four minute voice message to my buddy Nikki last night at an unreasonable hour. It was like two o'clock in the morning and I was like, Nikki, do you ever think about how like sometimes mythological characters names and like i went on this entire like (laughs) four minute speech about like lord of the rings and star wars and king arthur and like all this stuff and everything and like all this shit and everything and i was like and i just think that that's so beautiful and like maybe i'll tweet about it and nikki was like i think you're being a little too big brained right now (laughs) you need need to go to bed like (laughs) like these, these this thought is a little too much Sometimes you just need to get that thought out. You just need oh, to send oh, it I to do. your to your buddy. Oh, and I do. Those I've com- got yep. I I I pre-plan my Twitter shit. I got it. Those conversations, those conversations are the absolute best when they're late at night and you both pass out, and then in the morning you're like no longer in that headspace. Mm-hmm. So that like conversation is just like beautiful, long, like elaborate thoughts, and then it's like, so what'd you eat for breakfast this morning? <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah savi savi and i've had plenty of times where we have fallen asleep talking to each other and then the next morning we're just like moving on <laughs> or sometimes so you're having child, it at the anyways. same time or huh? you're like or sometimes you're having the conversations at the same time where it's like if you yeah. have iphone and you could be like reply to reply to it's like yeah we're talking about like yeah we'll podcast on this day we'll do this whatever then it's also the next reply to is like talking shit about someone. Then the next reply to is like, oh yeah, I just ate the new like Domino's pizza, whatever. And then the next reply to is like, what do you think Ray Skywalker is up to? Like just completely <laughs> different. We, like- <laughs> we've we've had to do that several times in the past where like we'll talk on iMessage and then we'll be also talking in our Twitter DMs. And it's yes. or yeah. like in a thread different, yeah different, yeah different platforms yeah yeah oh yeah i will and like, text people instagram dm them twitter dm them yep and all of the conversation vibes are different like one oh. will be in caps and like one will be lowercase and serious and then like another yeah mm-hmm. tl adequate mm-hmm. yes 100 percent relatable absolutely <laughs> man and so, our episode 10 what a great yeah it's amazing was just about to say the exact same thing this has been like 50% and or episode 10 and 50% just like Star Wars, which I think makes for a good, like, I apologize. I apologize to you and your listeners if I made this disorganized. No, um, not at all. But but this I was feel fun. like it was, it was good vibes and good listening. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, we'll have to have you on again because this was definitely Please, a great yeah. conversation. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, we usually wrap it up with like a, either a fun fact or like a game or... Last 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 week we played a game, I remember, and it was like a birthday game where mm. it was like your m- month is like a plot and then like the day is like a character and it was an Andor related one. Okay. And Lenz's was uh get into a fist fight with Clem and mine oh, was yeah. 
do the Aldani heist with skiing anyways i was just explaining <laughs> and then the one before that was like we had a recipe and it was called mon mothma's focaccia bread and yeah so this one we could talk about what we didn't talk about <laughs> at the beginning of the episode which was the studio ghibli announcement with star wars because mm. that's notable and we should talk about that yeah yeah super excited about it i mean my main takeaway is this if you and I think I tweeted it. If you if you asked me what two things should collaborate, it would be hard for me to pick something more perfect than yeah. those two studios, those two brands, those two groups of creatives, because it's about youth, it's about whimsy, it's about weird shit, it's about the unexplained mysticism, it's about resistance, it's about parents and their children, like the shared DNA across this particular Ghibli in general, but particularly Miyazaki's films and then uh, and Star Wars are never ending. And especially yeah. because like, look at the Loth Wolves and then look at Mononoke. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's directly there. And so for them to finally say, okay, yes. In the same way that visions, it was like, we took so much from Japanese cinema. Let's give it back to Japan. Yeah. It's like, we, now we've taken from Ghibli. Let's give you something. And it's, Grogu, which is the perfect thing to give them. Yeah. And the dust bunnies remind me of the little ones from um Spirited, Spirited Away. Spirited Away. Yeah. 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 Oh, That's gonna be wait. so fun. It's coming out tomorrow. At the time right? of this recording, it's gonna come out in like two and a half hours. Yay. <sighs> <laughs> I'm really Yay excited. Yay for you, because it's gonna be freaking midnight for you. That yeah. hey, I went to bed at eight thirty last night, so I'm, I am not the type of person to stay up until midnight. I have been for Andor, but it's oh, been. <laughs> I got I got no respect for my own sleep schedule or body. I will I, I was watching Andor with my uh, partner on Discord, and I didn't even look at the time, but the episode ended, and I was like, okay, good night. And I closed my laptop, and I woke up the next day, but. This staying up for Andor as like a person, as like an old person who goes to bed <laughs> at like a reasonable hour. As this an has old been, <laughs> I know, this has been the hardest few months of my life, sleep schedule wise. Especially well, you have, to, you have to get up early too, though. So mm. I have a two hour commute. Do you so, yeah. 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 So 20 minute car ride to the train station. I think it's two hours, an hour and 40, if, but I count like the waiting at the bus stop. And yeah. so it's car, bus, or it's car, train, bus, and it's an hour and 40 minutes. And then I like a 10 minute walk to my office. I hate everything about that. I yeah. Hate every, I hate everything you just said. It's also, shockingly. Having talked to you off air about what you do, you should be remote. <laughs> it is we ridiculous. are hybrid. It is ridiculous that you have to go in. We are hybrid, which is nice, but yeah. It's okay, because on the train, after, like, the episode, after, like, on Wednesdays, it's usually when I write up, like, all my thoughts, but, mm. yeah. Actually, some train thoughts? <laughs> some train thoughts. Just some, some, tra some train thoughts, you know. Some train door thoughts. Train door. Thanks, guys, for joining us for this episode of Stardust Records, and thank you to Alden for joining us for this wonderful discussion that he was a part of, and we will see you next week. Bye! Bye. <laughs>